Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, we have your Elimination Chamber reactions. WrestleMania starts coming more into view. We have New Japan Battle in the Valley. There's a new NJPW Women's Champion, and her name is Mercedes Monet. AEW Dynamite last night. That and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast. All right, I can't remember. <laughs> oh, shit. This is not uh, okay. good. <laughs> Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Mark. So welcome to the Band of Ringside Podcast. I am your host, Bill Vagy, as always, a.k.a. Okay, here's the rest of the Black History Month. Here we go. A.k.a.s that we didn't use. Spark Henry, Martin Luther Ring, Martin Haku Thur Ring. Oh, wait. Martin Haku Thur King Jr. What? <laughs> Rosa Smarks. Uh, don't know Selma finish finisher. Uh, Jackie Johnson, Ida B. Sells, Gordon Smarks, D. Jenner Malcolm X, The Million Man Marks. Oh, no. Hey, Fiba Angelou, Harriet Hot Tubman, Martin Luther Aggression King Jr., Justin Stun, Owen Stun, Kamala, the Uganda Giant, Harris, oh, no. Fanny Lou, Greg the Hammer Valentine. Jesus Christ. And sitting across from me, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, JCB? I'm sorry. I fucked a bunch of those up. What I like a whole bunch is Martin Hakuther <laughs> Jr. It's hard to say. Yeah, What's going on, JCB? That, that's, that's pretty wordy, dude. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, you unloaded the quip on that shit. It's like, oh, it's the last week of February? Oh, shit. Hang on. <laughs> Hold my beer. I'll be right Happy back. Black History <laughs> Oh, on that level, we know now, but ask the congregation to bow their heads as I read from the latest edition of the Band from Ringside Podcast, Volume 296, Chapter 3, Verse 14 in the Good Smart Space. Hashtag Boo the Heels. It's all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat the Holy Trinity of BFR. The boards are back. We're going to talk a little wrestling. God bless them. See, I love Black History Month just for that AKA segment alone. You know, I, I ain't even gonna talk about you know the 400 years of oppression. What well, beatdown don't make up for 439 years of oppression? <laughs> we gonna talk about that. We gonna talk about the AKs. And sitting out there in Portland, Oregon, we have our two beers, Zach Poland. What's going on, two beer? BFR West is in the house. Ah oh, man, uh, you know, I'll do the the typical thing and uh, just talk about the weather. We had some historic snowfall uh, here in Portland, so snow day. For me, which is kind of cool, um, also means something different than it did when I was a kid. It means something different than it did when I was in my early twenties, because a snow day usually just turned into a snow three days and then a long sleep. But um, yeah, the the news said there was ten point eight inches. Um, that's a lot of inches. Um, probably more realistically six. We tend to exaggerate. Um, <laughs> Things like that, but uh, speaking of ten, speaking really of sick. speaking of speaking of snow, meaning something in your different in your twenties than it did later on. Uh, did you see this weekend where Tony Khan called Ariel Hawani snowman? And no, Ariel Hawani called Tony Khan snowman. That's why I said, isn't it? No, you said it the other way around. Oh yeah, Ariel Hawani called uh, Tony Khan snowman and. I was thinking that he was calling him a cokehead. 
But I guess he Oh, was, yeah, that's, that's exactly what he was doing. But what he said, he said that he calls people snowmen when they can't handle hot questions. So anytime, like when he did the one-on-one interview with them, is that he couldn't take the heat. That's why I call him a snowman. I think that's uh, covering for something. I think he was just calling him a cokehead, right? Uh-oh. A hundred percent. He was 100%. And it might have been a, just a double entendre, but there is no way that that, that meaning was lost on Ariel whenever he called him that because there were so many people like, just like oh, roasted. <laughs> we're gonna get to we're gonna get to uh, AEW later, but I will say this about Tony Khan's big announcement last night: he didn't blink one fucking time. Uh, Jason and I, <laughs> Jason and I are sitting out here in beautiful St. Charles, Missouri. Vice is gonna shit. be stopping by later to giggle with Jason and try to fuck up the podcast. But yes. you know, we'll. Zach and I will try to keep it going. So, welcome back, Zach. We missed you last week while you were at the Titty Club. Uh, we got your <laughs> Elimination Chamber predictions. I have not counted up the points, but hey, Elimination Chamber was nothing if not newsworthy. There's a lot to talk about, so let's quit beating around the bush and get to that three count. One, two, three. JCB, kick it off. We will talk about the aforementioned Elimination Chamber coming in from the Bell Center in Montreal, Quebec, Canada, outside of the home of Sami Zayn, who obviously in the main event against one Romy Reigns, five card uh, match, a card or what, five matches on the card. Uh, obviously, the Elimination Chambers ate up a good chunk of the uh, the card itself with the men's and the women's. Then you had, uh, in no particular order, the Grit Couple versus Judgment Day, Lesnar and Lashley, and then obviously the main event. Um, fuck it, let's just, let's just dive right into it. The main event, obviously, um, Roman Reigns defending the Undisputed Universal title against Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn having a, a huge home court advantage. This felt a lot like uh, the John Cena Ron Van Dam match. Uh, I think that was uh, the one night stand where John Cena was going into enemy territory. I believe that was the the twenty three hundred uh, center in Philadelphia, the old ECW arena, and this had a lot of similarities to that. Uh, Roman coming out first, I thought was amazing. Just kind of soaking it all in, getting the the obligatory booze out of the way. My Montreal was a hot crowd from pretty much the start to the finish. I love the fact that they were ready to play. They knew what was they knew what was going to happen, or at least the possibility was going to happen, and they were very vocal from the start. Uh, just the match itself, not a huge surprise that Roman Reigns goes over. Obviously, the Usos coming out is one of the big surprises. I'm not a legal uh, expert by any stretch of the imagination, but the next time this kind of opportunity comes up, I will go get legal counsel so that way I don't get dogged on our group thread. I wasn't aware that Jimmy and Jay could cross the border to go into Canada, and that was one of the big things that you knew Roman was going to win. How he was going to win was the question. With Sola Sokol being the one person that I thought could do the damage, I thought he would be in play. Obviously not the case. Um, I do think it goes without saying to not take legal advice from Samir. Uh, actually, that was Sharif. So that was the other thing I was going to say. Oh, Sharif. Okay. Uh, maybe, maybe you're forgiven. Well, maybe if you were here, you, you know, you got the uh, – the Meltzer uh, 
review or all that other good shit, you could have chimed in and just been like, you know, hey, Jason, you're wrong. Jimmy and Jay can cross the border. I think. I, think, <laughs> I didn't know. I, think, I didn't I know either. Everybody, I thought it was just fun to make fun of you. I think, <laughs> I think that everybody was confused about it, though. Like, I don't even think Meltzer knew. Like, I, Apparently, I, Meltzer was one of the few that said that they could cross the border. Others didn't know. Whichever, but I don't d- give a shit. But, uh, WWE certainly tried to, uh, you know, work the dirt sheets and work the smarks by having Heyman telling Jay and Jimmy not to show up and to stay home. That sometimes you see more on TV than you than you do in person. They were certainly, I mean, it, there was all sorts of information flying around. Like, who without the fuck, question, who the fuck knows? No, and and credit to WWE, Triple H, they played into it. And when Jimmy came out, I was like, oh, okay. Game I'll on! T- tell you what, <laughs> when J- when Jay walked out and he just kind of walked in the middle of the ring, I was like, "Oh, we were over here." It was me, Vice, Tender, and my buddy Ben. And when he walked out, we were all like, "Where the fuck did he come from?" No I, shit. I mean, I popped big for that. Yeah, because I mean, you- and he didn't even look angry. He just walked real calmly in the middle. I was like, well, "What the fuck?" It was it was a very cool, very cool moment. So obviously, we have the the post match. I guess, for lack of a better word, scrum, where Jay, Jimmy, Roman, Heyman, all in the ring, and it basically feels like this is Royal Rumble all over again. Roman hands Jay the chair, basically the same camera angle, same setup. It looks different. It doesn't look different. It's just, you know, who's on the ground getting ready to catch that work is the, the, the biggest thing, and it looks different. Instead of KO, it's Sammy. You see Jay with the chair. You see the the camera view kind of sneak behind or whatever. And that's when I was like, is he getting ready to blast this dude? That's where it really got interesting, just in the sense that you never knew what exactly Jay was going to do. And then the the fact that he was got he stopped and didn't blast Roman once again another intriguing portion of this bloodline st- angle that you have going on Roman ready to to see this thing happen Jay's not ready to do it and then the I guess the swerve that I didn't see coming happens where Sammy goes after Roman hits Jay in the process and now I think you have a kind of a catalyst to ultimately get KO Sammy versus the Usos at WrestleMania. Obviously, we'll talk about KO here on Monday night, but ultimately, I thought this was a really good match. It was a little overbooked at the end, but this is the Roman Reigns run. There's going to be interference. There's going to be overbooking, but it made it up in the end where now you still have you still don't know what's going on. And Friday night, once again, is going to be a much-watched episode because there's still questions lingering in the bloodline, mostly. Zach, what were your thoughts? So, initial thoughts, you know, you guys saw my pick. It was Roman. And uh, that was me, you know, picking with my head and that was my heart because I actually picked Sammy to be in the Royal Rumble or to win the Royal Rumble, even though he wasn't even announced to be in it. Uh, honestly, uh, it was one of the most deflating things uh, I've ever experienced. <laughs> I just thought that once I actually saw the the show and got to the show, um, I watched it from a, a cabin uh, in, in on the mountain. We went and like had fun on the mountain this weekend. Super cool, flooded and stuff. Like during the day, got back. Was um, nursing a big hangover from the strip club on Thursday, two days earlier. So I was just drinking Coca Colas and CBDs. 
And uh, I watched you know, a, a part of me wants to feel sorry for you. I just don't. You and I do hangovers uh, differently. Yeah. <laughs> I just I do. don't. I just keep drinking. <laughs> I was about to yeah. say, stop being a puss. Man up. Get you a fucking beer. Smoke Roll some fucking fuck smoke some fucking weed. <laughs> and get back on the goddamn horse. Let that man live. <laughs> yeah. So I was happy to have elimination chamber to kind of like chill with, and uh, my kids were super into it too. Like they they really enjoyed it because of the atmosphere. And they were so behind Sandy Zane, and they were so into it. Um, and even Tara, who like hates wrestling, was like with his family next right there. Like she was like super invested. Anyway, uh, I'll agree with Jason. I love that Roman came out first. That was surprising. And then just like the crowd, and I was like, man, if they weren't planning on giving Sammy this title, like they should now. Even after Friday, with like the phenomenal ovation that he got, whenever. You know, he did a 60-second promo, but it took him 10 minutes because they just wouldn't stop cheering and clapping for him. Um, the reason I was upset, and, I mean, this is a, a great match. Like, the drama was there. Those guys worked it fantastic. And the reason I was upset is because I just feel like something was, was stolen from the fans. And it was just a, a – and I, a, it was just very dense. WWE not being able to get – out of their own way. Um, I mean, the only thing that this was missing was like at the end, like Wayne Gretzky coming out and singing country roads or some shit. Um, Cause it was like the Drew McIntyre situation only times 20. You guys remember how like Flash at the castle, like that was a great yes. atmosphere, right? Yes. And you're like, Oh man, they could do something really cool right now. And that would have been cool. This was that, Literally times 10. This could have been even cooler. This is like if Daniel Bryan would have lost at WrestleMania 30. That's what I'm analogizing this to. Um, Sami Zayn is hotter than Daniel Bryan was at that time. Sami Zayn's hotter than anything in the entire company. This is like if Mankind would have lost on Raw and not won the title and not turned the tide for the Monday Night Wars and then fucking Eric Bischoff's podcast would be called like 105 weeks or something. I don't fucking know, but it wouldn't be 83. <laughs> so, uh, it's just, I don't know, man, like, just get out of your own way. What is so bad about changing the title and just, even if you didn't want to do Sammy versus Cody for WrestleMania, even if you wanted it to be Roman, just like, have him like, win it on TV or something. Like, what does it matter to hold on to this thing? Because Cody's not going to gain anything from it. Uh, but this would have been everything for the fans, everything for Sammy. Um, and I'm not like so bad. I'm not going to watch. It's just weird to me because like they want to make money and they're doing business. Like you can look at Sammy's name as moving numbers uh, more than anybody in the company. He's carrying Raw and SmackDown on his back. Sammy Zane, El Generico. And um, they're just not going to do it because he's this shorter, you know, Syrian Canadian dude, uh, and they don't see him as a big timer. It's just weird to me because he is that big timer. Anyway, I'll get off my soapbox, but um, very deflating, but an excellent match and a, and a really good pay per view. So this is the this is the problem with going third on these first ones is because one of you guys, you know, a lot of times steal my thunder. I'm gonna get to what I think. I'm gonna address what Zach just said about calling an audible here in a second, but. First, let me talk about what did happen. Then I'll talk about what I think could have or maybe should have happened. What did happen was incredible. Um, the 
the uh, pay-per-view was, that was maybe the hottest crowd I've ever seen at a pay-per-view from front to back. Uh, Vice was here. He can attest. I just kept saying, we all just kept saying, man, that crowd is on fire. They were on fire for every, everything. Everything. That cr- super fun, super fun crowd, and that made the pay-per-view so much better. Um, it it certainly uh, doesn't make you miss the Thunderdome days. <laughs> um, I thought the match was incredible. I thought that... Um, it goes it it is a it's a testament to uh the the purists the wrestling purists the the bully rays of the world if you if you will the ones that say that character uh means a lot more than in-ring ability because this match was you know they i i read that after the bell rang they didn't touch the the entire Bobby Lashley Brock Lesnar match was shorter than the amount of time it took for Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns to touch and when they did touch it was punches in the corner it was headlocks it was chin locks it was not it was not a technical masterpiece um it, for nor whatever, should it have been for whatever that means well, I, I'm just saying like this was drama the whole way through it was overbooked that's fine like Jason said that is kind of a hallmark of a Roman Reigns of, of the Roman Reigns reign is that uh, <laughs> shit gets overbooked. Shit is there. There's storytelling within the ring. You know, we go back to those hell that hell in the cell match, those two title matches that Jay had um, a long time ago. But this was as fun as a main event match could get. I don't know what I, I was a little surprised that we didn't get a KO Sami Zayn reconciliation that night because the crowd would have gone nuts. I was really surprised, pleasantly surprised. If we weren't going to get it that night, I didn't want it on Raw either. I was pleasantly surprised at that. That should um, take some time. Yes. And, I mean, if you're going to make it make sense, to use your phrase, but if you're going to make it make sense, yes, it has to take, it should take a little bit more time because kayfabe style. Kayfabe these, style. These guys really do have a long history, and it shouldn't just be that simple. Agreed. KO's explanation for it on Raw was perfect. Um, go get Jimmy or go get Jay. I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Tell him. <laughs> Tell him. All that being said, Roman Reigns has been champion for 900-plus days, whatever it is. Um, and I know that that means a lot to some people. That don't mean shit to me. Um, <laughs> he has been champion for long enough. I thought the WWE was all about making moments. Sami Zayn winning at Montreal. He just raised his leg up and just pissed on that 900 day well, ring. I mean, I mean, <laughs> fuck yo 900 okay, days. Okay, it's, it's 900 days. That's a fucking really long time. Sami Zayn winning in Montreal. Zach brought up. Mick Foley. It would have been Mick Foley times a thousand. It would have been the most shocking, biggest title change in the modern era of WWE. And I don't think that's really argue arguable. I don't think there's. I I don't. Think I won't go that far. I, I I'll give you some time. Go ahead and think of one that would have been bigger. The mankind when we was bigger, easily. Easily in a scenario where WWE was getting their teeth kicked in on a weekly basis. You put the title on mankind? That crowd, I, this 
this my my living room would have gone fucking bonkers. Montreal would have gone fucking bonkers. And like Zach said, which I I, I honestly I was gonna say, you have Sammy win at Montreal. You have a moment of all moments, right? And then you have Roman on Raw immediately invoke his rematch clause, have the rematch on SmackDown. You draw a huge rating on SmackDown because it's basically a premium live event. Sorry for saying that. A pay-per-view <laughs> for on regular TV. Fox gets a huge rating. And then you have Jay turn on Sammy on SmackDown. Roman wins the title again. You go back to Roman versus Cody, and then you set up the and then the Jay versus Sammy thing or KO, however you want to do it. You guys have professional writers that do it. It's not me. I'm not a professional writer. Maybe I should be. <laughs> but that is easily. Uh, I mean, it would have been like 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 Zach said. You got to get out of your own way sometimes. Sometimes you There's just two. you just have to pull There's, the trigger. And I'll There's tell you, two very frustrating things. A, the fans handed it to him. How hard do these bookers and wrestling companies work? And once a decade, maybe, the fans hand you something this big, it's handed to you. And, like, second, like, it's fake. You can do anything you want. That's all right. It's, it's not, not a like, real sport. You can it's do not what, a real sport. You can do whatever you want. And you know what? Because it's not a real sport, the 900-day reign don't mean shit. It doesn't mean <laughs> exactly. anything. It means nothing. It's, what are you trying to do? Are, are, trying to make him Bruno Sarmentino? He already is. You know, there are people that are watching Roman Reigns go through this, and there are people our age that are like, wow, it's the biggest, it's the longest title reign since Hulk Hogan. There's a lot of people. Hulk Hogan might as well be Bruno Sammartino Sam to them because he, he was wrestling before they were even born. But you could have, and l- now listen, I, I'm not saying Zami's not a made guy, and I'm also not saying that I'm, that pissed off because I never expected it. Me and Tinder Mahal were sitting there looking at each other being like, there's no way he's going to win. Don't buy into it. There's no way he's going to win. Don't buy into it. We were tempering our expectations because it would have been it would have been crazy. But, man, if Sammy would have won, that is just – I mean, that is an all-time moment. It was still we're, – we're still going to be talking about this pay-per-view for years and years and years to come. But I tell you what, if he would have won, who that, that – uh, that's bigger than Kofi Mania. I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment. I don't know if it's as big as Dana Bryan winning at WrestleMania, uh, considering it wasn't Dana Bryan in Seattle at WrestleMania. Who knows what it would have been. But Montreal, that crowd, that guy, that moment, that is kismet. That only happens – that that never happens that the stars align like that. And if you put the belt on Sami Zayn right there, you create a moment. I mean, a an all-time moment, and um, dude, it's like the it's like the Browns winning the Super Bowl in Cleveland, and the Super Bowl just happens to be in Cleveland that year. We'd be way harsher on this, and this goes to say, oh, fuck. And this this goes to uh, the Bobby Lashley Brock Lesnar thing too. We'd be way harsher on this decision, and then not pulling the trigger if Vince was still at the helm. No question. Now Vince doesn't deserve the benefit of the doubt like Triple H does, and I'm not. I'm also not mad at Cody facing Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. That doesn't. I'm not even saying that you. Sh- Basically, you gave me the pencil, and I told you how to figure it out. You do it on fucking SmackDown. You draw a massive rating, and then you have Jay turn on Sami Zayn, and then you have Kevin come out. I, it just writes itself. Jason. 
as God is making sure I can't light my cigarette. He wants you to talk. Well, I, I can do two things at once. He knows I, I can multitask. I, I just think we're missing the big picture. And I get it. I get it. I, th- I think that is the big picture. <sighs> the big picture is Cody winning the title. Sammy's if Cody never gets hurt. I'm not sure we have this Sami Zayn butterfly effect spinoff that we have we have now, now in this scenario. Mm-hmm. Okay? I'm not going to sit here and say that Sami Zayn does not deserve to be the world heavyweight champion. If you had two titles, you could probably do it. Different discussion for a different time. That being said, this is about Cody Rhodes. It's not about Sami Zayn. Is it an amazing story? Yes. Would Montreal have gone bonkers if he would have won? Yes. They went bonkers anyway after he lost. The pay-per-view went off the air with his music. Yeah. But that's KO making the save the whole nine yards. Right there. I get that too. I totally disagree about the Clash of the Castle comparison. Not even close. I was I was pissed off when I saw Tyson Fury and Drew McIntyre singing away a Drew McIntyre near loss to Roman Reigns. Pissed. This makes sense. As much as you could be pissed, and some people could be and should be pissed. I get that too. This actually advances a storyline. It's a different storyline. It doesn't have Sami Zayn being the champ. But it's a different storyline. So Sami Zayn can still be at WrestleMania. The bottom line is this. It is not about Sami. It has been about Cody since he's come back. If you want to put Cody... Look, if you want to put Cody on the shelf because you want Sami to be the champ for six days, that's your business. I think that's a that is not even a smart move. It destroys the long term picture. Just everybody, just pump the brakes. I get it. It's just not Sammy's time. This is Cody Rhodes' time. Point and simple. Period. I I think that the WWE universe, the ratings, and the fans would all disagree with you because they would always they would all say all signs point to this actually being Sammy's time. Well, I said this fucking 6 months ago. I said Sammy Zayn, he's 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 in that Kofi spot, he's in that he's in that Dana Bryan spot, he's starting to get hot exactly the right time and it, it's it he should be in the WrestleMania main event. I'll say it again. I'm not mad that Cody's there and I'm not I, I don't I don't hate babyface Cody. I don't hate Cody telling this uh, story about Dusty Rhodes being his dad. I don't care because even that's still fresh meat. It's not Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns again. It's not Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns. It's not Taker versus Reigns. It is It is fresh. Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns is fresh, and there is a story to tell there. But I gave you a clear, uh, you know, I gave you a clear path to still get the Cody versus Roman Reigns and still give Sami Zayn that moment. The only reason that they didn't do it is because they're trying to protect this 900-day streak, which, by the way, they wrote. They wrote the streak. <laughs> it's like it's the like be, it's like being a writer on True Blood and being like, well, you can't kill old man Vampire Bill because uh, he's been a badass for so long. It's like Vampire Bill is made up. Roman Reigns is made up. That's not his name. 
His name's Joe. Anyway, what do you think, Zach? The streak. The streak only matters in the in the in the. It only matters because of how you end it. I, that's, I said that very poorly, but it only matters in the context of what it does. And um, it Cody's story is to like win the title. That's great. Like I'll be happy for Cody. Like if he does it, it's gonna seem anticlimactic and obvious at this point. Like if he does, I almost feel like um, like it was been saved for him. This would have been a surprise, and it would have. Like you said, it, it's about making moments. This would have been the moment of the 2020s for WWE, without question. And they let it slip through their fingers. Um, and you can't ever get it back. You could maybe change your mind and like be like, okay, let's put them in a three-way at Mania, which they're not going to do, but I'm just saying like they could. But they could. They can do anything. You can split the titles up. You can say, okay, uh, let's challenge for just one of these titles, and then and then he wins, and then Cody gets the other one, and whatever unify him later or whatever it's all made up thing right. is, is like you can never get it back and you, it's just i don't know you like, know what i'll never get back like you know what i'll that? never get back that true blood comparison uh, i really fucked that one up man i could have come up with so <laughs> many better comparisons i don't know why i went with true blood i fucking hate that shit <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea why i went with that god damn can we rewind <laughs> i say sopranos me, is calling hey, on line one hey, i'm gonna edit that out right? <laughs> <laughs> I know what I was thinking of it because that black chick Tara from True Blood was on a Blast of Us this last week, and I was thinking about how much I hate True Blood. It's just okay. on, it's just on the front of my brain. Anyway, I think uh, you know it was a really, really, really fun, really fun match. Uh, what else happened at Elimination Chamber, Jason? Let's start at uh, the very beginning. We can go to the women. I ser- I, sorry, I certainly don't want to seem like I'm shitting on it. Like I thought that it was mega fun, and I don't think that the way they went was terrible either. I just think it could have been better. Sorry. We can agree to disagree. I have no problem with that. Um, well, Elimination Chamber Women's uh, Edition was the curtain jerker for this. Um, Oscar ultimately ends up winning. Not a huge surprise. Um, probably my least favorite match of the bunch. Um, it felt like this was the way it was supposed to happen. How we got from point A to point B is always my biggest you know, question what happens in between. Liv getting eliminated fairly early was a, a a pretty big surprise. I mean, I'll be one of the first to say that I'm slowly starting to come around to Liv Morgan. I'm not a fan, but I'm giving I will give her credit that Throw the fuck up! her character has gotten a lot better this time around where she feels like she can be more of a credible threat to whomever the champion is, whether it's Charlotte or Becky, or Bianca, whoever it is. I'm just throwing names out there because she can easily go to Raw before you know it. There could be be a draft, but whatever the case may be. Her elimination was kind of a surprise early. Um, Raquel Rodriguez, I think, is just on that, like we've always kind of said, slow go, trending, moving, scale on up. Uh, Carmella is who she is. I'm surprised she's even in this match at this point. Um, I thought Carmella had a pretty good showing. I'll just say this. Carmella has a pretty good super kick. Can't disagree with that. I'll give you credit for that. Um, who did Natty tap out? That uh, Natty tapped out and lived. That's why I was just like, ooh, ooh, damn. Okay. Um, 
I expected Natty to be one of the first to go out. She lasted a little bit longer. Ultimately, it just felt like this was just Asuka's crowning achievement, which we got. This is the match that, if you look at it with these six women involved, if you're going to put a WrestleMania match against Bianca Belair, Asuka feels like the, the most likely person to have a really good match with. So, like I said, no problem with the finish. It's just, nah. Zach. I don't have any strong feelings about this match except for the fact that Asuka is back to being awesome. Even though her, her like, you know, kind of newer character, I know it's not 100% new character, but her newer character in, like, WWE um, is, uh, you know, a little wackier, right? Um, I love that, like, she is, again, being presented as, like, this absolute badass and she just, she's just so fun to watch, man. Like, um, she might be my favorite woman wrestler of all time. She's just so fun to watch. I think she's great. Go ahead, Jason. Um, shit. Let's move along. Last week versus Lesnar is up next. Um, obviously, this is a match that we've all kind of talked about where – how was this going to play out? Is this where the Hurt Business was going to come into play and finally reunite and beat down last week, or not beat down last week, but beat down Brock Lesnar to set up the eventual, I guess, tiebreaker, rubber match, whatever you want to call it, for their feud. And unfortunately, that was not the case. Low blow from Brock Lesnar gives Bobby Lashley the DQ win, um, I'm over it. I'm over it. I just, I hate the way that Triple H is booking Bobby Lashley. It's it's Big Show-esque, if you will. One week he's the face. Next week he's the heel. If I, I'm not a huge Bobby Lashley fan, but I like him. Just trying to keep up with what he is to week to week is a problem. Okay? I get Brock Lesnar outshines most people and he outshines Bobby Lashley in this scenario but I mean damn if he's gonna be the heel then just let him heal it up just the week before on Monday he came out straight heel and then on fucking Saturday he's pandering to the crowd pick a fucking side man that's all I ask if you want me invested in this shit then just do this shit one way or the other my biggest I don't even care that Bobby Lashley won okay the the low blow don't get me wrong piss me off immediately I was like you punk motherfucker that's how we gonna do this shit okay great so Bobby Lashley can't get a clean win on Brock Lesnar for shit Apparently in the in the arena, Bobby Lashley got one of the biggest babyface pops. Uh, you know, Bobby Lashley telling telling Brock Lesnar that he'll have his lawyers look it over. That's a heel move. Bobby Lashley, uh, I'll tell you what: if you wear a suit like that and you come out to the ring, you're a heel. At the same time, Brock Lesnar goes low blow. That's a heel shit too. Like, what the fuck? I agree. What the fuck is going on? Crowd went nuts. That's they booed it first, and then all of a sudden we throwing motherfuckers around. It's like, oh yeah, it's Brock, yay! Brock F fives everybody. They could have had fuck out of here. <laughs> they could have had Eugene versus Tensai in front of that crowd. They would have gone fucking nuts. That would have been. Fucking- <laughs> <laughs> it does not matter. <laughs> I'm just sick of those. The crowd was hot. 
the crowd was hot. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I'm just I'm the inconsistency of this feud infuriates me. Just fucking well. let Lashley be the heel and be done with it. Uh, Zach, what do you think about this match? Oh man, this nothing match like bullshit finish, and uh, it was more like a raw match. And I, I'm, this is gonna be like a hot take. Like I feel like Vince did a better job with both Lashley and Brock. Uh, Brock's gonna face almost He's heating at WrestleMania. Up. We don't know that. We don't know that. We don't know that. Oh, that's what it looks that's like. We don't know that. No, 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 no. Hell no. You are go- you gonna sit up here and tell me we gonna drag Omos out to get thrown around by Brock Lesnar? Yeah. Fuck no! It's gonna last now. Nah. Last three minutes. Nah, Brock man. Brock Lesnar's gonna squash him. Nah, man. Yep. Nope. Yep. Nah. Because they said to Brock Lesnar, I guarantee. Hey, listen, I'm a journalist. <laughs> I forgot. Forget you have your sources. I, I apologize. I have my sources, and sources tell me that. Listen, these are credible sources. Sources tell me that uh, they went to Brock Lesnar and they said, "Hey." We're going to have you versus Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania. And Brock Lesnar looked at them, and he goes, no, you're not. He's like, I'm not doing any of that spooky <laughs> shit. It's the same thing that happened when it was Brock Lesnar versus Dean Ambrose at WrestleMania, and Dean Ambrose wanted to have a hardcore match with a bunch of weapons. And Brock Lesnar goes, nope, not doing it. <laughs> I mean, and that was a five-minute match. That, that was not having any that of that. That was a five-minute match, and that was a five-minute match that – Dean Ambrose, John Moxley, said on Jericho's podcast, Brock just didn't want to do anything. He's like, my hands were tied. He's like, I had this idea. I had all these ideas to go with Brock Lesnar. I thought it could have been a fun match. Brock Lesnar said, nope. It was a five-minute match. It was done. So they went to Brock Lesnar. This is one of my sources. Today, that They went to Brock Lesnar, and they said, Let's, we're going to have you fight Bray Wyatt. And he said, no way. Not doing that spooky shit. And they go, okay, how about, um, how about we let you squash Omos in three minutes? And Brock Lesnar said, okay. Brock Lesnar He's just like, wants uh, to be rich. To, you had to give me an extra million dollars. <laughs> right. <laughs> Man, fuck that. You kiss my ass. See, this is why I would not last he a just, goddamn minute. He just ain't going to do that spooky shit. And you know what? So Bobby Lashley has to? So Bobby Lashley's not that g- character guy. The world, you, Another reason why I wanted Brock to win. If there's somebody that has to face Bray Wyatt and can survive it, Brock can. Can Bobby Lashley? I don't think so. Uh, if any horror movie I've ever seen tells me anything, then... Uh, there you go. Yeah, uh, Brock would have a better chance. There you go. Yeah, black man dies pretty much off the jump. Okay? There ain't no reason to be putting Bobby Lashley in that fucking harm's way. Damn, we just got it back to being, you know, dare, dare I say respectable, HOF. You know, come on now. Let's not fucking around. They, they are going to do it again. They are going to trot Bray Wyatt out there because he's got all these big ideas, and he is going to have another, another shit WrestleMania match. He already had two shit WrestleMania matches against Randy Orton. He had one shit, yeah, he had the, the maggots, and then he had the uh, the performance center WrestleMania that lasted like five minutes. Yeah. And he yeah. lost, and it was the curtain jerker, yeah. and it was terrible. And then he had that wrestle. He had that Undertaker match at WrestleMania that nobody remembers. Nobody remembers. I barely remember it. I remember where I was for it, and I remember everybody sitting around being like, "This sucks." Was we at Joey's? Uh... We were at John Jones's. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. 
because I believe it was the same WrestleMania that uh, Seth Rollins cashed in. Pretty sure. Pretty sure. But I watched a couple WrestleManias over there. Anyway, uh, this match sucked. This match could have been great. I'm a huge fan of Brock Lesnar when Brock Lesnar is motivated. I am a, like, diametrically opposed to Brock Lesnar matches when he doesn't give a fuck. It is just boring as shit, and you can tell he doesn't care, and you can tell he's in it for the paycheck. You have, I would rather, uh, I think of all the guys that you'd rather see Brock Lesnar versus at WrestleMania. I would rather see him against Johnny Gargano. That's why I'm not saying, that's why I, I don't think it's Omos. Oh, I'd rather see him against Chad Gable. <laughs> I'd rather see him against, Chad I'd, in the 18th row. I'd rather see him against Otis because at least Otis is a real like grappler who was a badass college wrestler and shit. Like I'd rather Fair. see him against Shelton Benjamin. I'd, uh, LA Knight. Anybody. Has anybody seen L.A. Knight since he's lost? Is yeah. he dead? Yeah. Jesus Christ. This yeah. is the, that's the shit I'm talking about right there. I saw him the other day on my phone when my ring went off and my Amazon package got dropped off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hell no, no. I'm just, I'm just kidding. See, I that, that. That, see that's, I, what, that's I would, what I'm talking I, about. Though. I would love to see LA Knight against Brock Lesnar. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. No I'll, need to, to put Bobby Lashley in that. Is this your new catchphrase? <laughs> no, it's already been It's taken. L.A. Knight's catchphrase. I'd say L.A. Knight will be coming for Bill. I'll let L.A. Knight hey, take Bill's ass, ass. Ask me if I'll stop doing that. Hey, Bill. Yeah. Are you going to stop doing it? Yeah. <laughs> Next up, you had the uh, Grit Couple versus Judgment Day in a mixed tag. Beth and Edge versus Rhea and Finn Bauer. Grit Couple goes over. Um, not, not necessarily the, the worst match, not the best match. Somewhere in between, I thought... The women carried this match a little bit. The men took over on the back end. Dom being the the chicken shit heel. I just love Dom. I'm sorry. I think he's just absolutely amazing as the the catalyst of just stirring shit up and then to be the first one running when shit starts going left. I, I think Dom's just absolutely amazing in, the, in this scenario. I guess one of my I guess the biggest spot where I guess Beth came in a little late to break up the pin. I don't give a fuck about that. That shit just happens, man. You know, especially with Beth Phoenix not being around in active competition for a while. I I'm willing to let that one pass. Ultimately, this kind of leads towards and especially after Monday night, I think we're gonna ultimately get Finn versus Edge in some sort of in-game match, whether it's Hell in a Cell like the rumor is or something that is the ultimate blow-off match, that's what this sets up. It For me and people are like, you know, oh, Rhea shouldn't be losing on the way to the Royal Rumble. Rhea didn't lose. Rhea was on the losing team. That's right. Finn got pinned, okay? Let's just keep things, you know, all in perspective, kind of like what I was saying beforehand about Sammy, Cody, and Roman. For me, it's still a perspective game. It's Cody and Roman. I don't see them, you know, clearly they're not going to go away from it at that point. If they were, they were going to do it the night of uh, the Elimination Chamber, and they didn't. Rhea Rhea has no problems, no momentum problems moving forward, going towards Charlotte. If she ate the pin, then I would see that that being a problem. Finn, (laughs) Finn, he spins all the time, enough to where... 
it's not that big a deal. And I think that's more so him pin. Yeah, let's try this again. Finn eating the pin sets up what he does to Edge on Monday night and then ultimately a WrestleMania match. Zach, the floor is yours. Uh, I think this is funny because, I mean, I like the match. Um, yeah, Best Phoenix, a little rusty. Um, but uh, it was funny because you guys both picked the Judgment Day, and you're like, and then Zach picked the faces, and uh, just, I don't know his reasoning here. And then the faces won, so <laughs> in your faces. But, uh, oh, fuck you. Yes. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> I will say this. Uh, the point total, Jason and I tied with 11 points. Zach won. With 12 points on that face. <laughs> Great. There you go. Now we got to hear this shit for another five minutes. Nah, no, I'm just saying um, it just seemed uh, like uh, it's kind of the most worthwhile thing for the story. Uh, just because it's Montreal is, is one of my reasonings. And I didn't know that Edge hadn't like wrestled there in like forever. But it makes sense, right? Because he hadn't wrestled for a long time in general. And he's always kind of. Even because he's been back, he takes off a lot. But uh, didn't even cross. Anyway, the match is it didn't. Yeah, the cr- match is fine. Yeah. I I do I do love the the Dom and and Rhea stuff. It was funny. Uh, we're watching this with my kids and and my wife, and uh, she's like, "Oh, who's this person?" And uh, she said that um, Edge looks like McNulty from The Wire. And I was like, oh, "Yeah, he kind of does. He got those bags under his eyes." But. Um, <laughs> Except McDulty was like 30. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, I was talking about Rhea Ripley. I'm like, uh, I was like, oh, I was like, it's Rhea Ripley. Like, she's one of my favorites. And she's like, oh, yeah, I never could have guessed. Like, yeah. <laughs> Probably shouldn't have put that one of my favorites out there. <laughs> like, did yeah, you explain, that's Rhea Ripley. Did you, explain to your right kids, did you explain to your kids that Dom is a sub? <laughs> uh, I explained it to my wife, uh, and I made that joke uh and there it was over their heads. I made sure that it was not, was like uh, not in the context immediately after we discussed the hotness of Leah Ripley, but uh, I did I didn't mention that to her. Why just separate that? That's uh, good. That's li- good. I listened to a really good interview uh, the other day with Dominic Mysterio. Very uh, very interesting. And he talked a lot about Eddie Guerrero. Uh, Dominic Mysterio seems like a cool motherfucker in real life. So I'm really happy for him. And yeah, he was great. I you know this match. To me, this is kind of the shower match. I didn't really. Uh, Damn. I, I did. I just wasn't that. I wasn't. <laughs> Damn. I'm just. I'm just. I just wasn't that into it. Uh, I wasn't that into. I'm not that into mixed tag rules. Now, listen. If they would have had Rhea pin Edge or something, then the, to me, that's, that's that's newsworthy. But I mean. I don't have strong feelings about it. I didn't get to talk about the women's chamber match because my wife was talking to me, but. Um, I will say that it is nice to have Oscar back with a fresh cut of paint, and I am very much looking forward to Oscar versus. Literally, uh, yeah, I am very much looking forward to Oscar versus Bianca Belair because that has a, that has an opportunity to uh, steal a show. Full show, full show. Uh, last match we haven't talked about yet, obviously, is the men's elimination chamber match for the U.S. title. Banger! Austin Theory retains, and I. I didn't know that – I kind of thought that Logan Paul would get involved, but the way they did it I thought was was really good because they they gave Montez Ford the babyface sympathy rub that 
he probably should have gotten, even though he, I was 99% sure he wasn't hurt. But I was like, you know what? That's cool. You know, Montez Ford getting his flowers right now is cool. He was one of the guys that I was looking forward to in this elimination chamber because, you know, he's just athletic. You just don't, you never know what he was going to ultimately do. The spot where he fell on top of the, the whole crowd, I was, you know, I knew it was going to happen just the way that it did happen. I was appreciative of that. That was a nice last little spot. I just, I never didn't cross my mind about opening the door to where now Logan Paul could get in and do the damage being done. <sighs> I haven't, I haven't done a deep dive. Sorry, you were getting ready. No, I was just going to say that if, if Logan Paul and Seth Rollins is going to be the WrestleMania match that it, it probably looks like it's going to be obviously not announced yet. This was the way to do it. Logan Paul is not a baby face. I don't care who you put him against to make him feel like a baby face. He's just not fans. Don't want to cheer him. They want to boo him. You talk about a match that can steal the show. This could be a match that can steal the show. Yeah, this was, I haven't done a deep dive on all the elimination chambers. This in my recollection, I will remember this. Elimination Chamber. I watched it twice. I watched it. Uh, well, I watched most of it tonight uh, before Jason got here. Uh, I had had to go after Logan Paul interfered. There wasn't much after that. But I was thinking today uh, as I was driving home from work, I was like, why? Why was that Elimination Chamber match so much better than other ones? And I I think that I pinpointed it. I in my mind, I think it's because it was for the U.S. title and not for uh, the uh, a chance to challenge or for the big title. A, that made it less predictable. B, it was full of mid-carders that felt like they needed something to prove. And C, it was full of mid-carders that are not necessarily heavyweights, so they can probably do a lot more. This was a spot fest, and it was a really good spot fest. It also started off with a match that... Um, I didn't know I needed in my life, but then I thought about it, and after it started, Gargano versus Seth Rollins, hell yeah, give it to me all day, every day. They made made Bronson Reed look like a million bucks that took four guys to take him out, four huge moves to take out Bronson Reed, and they sold the fuck out of it on commentary. Michael Cole and Corey Graves both. Montez Ford got over without winning. Uh, Montez Ford was the star of the show. Montez, that that spot hanging off the elimination chamber, that hanging off the top, uh, was badass. I don't know if it was my favorite spot. My favorite spot was probably the Hurricane Rana off the top of the chamber when Rollins was getting ready to powerbomb Gargano. Gargano flipped it around. Beautiful stuff. Really fun spot fest. Uh, it was a, it was an attraction. It was an event, and I loved every minute of it. So a, a plus, a plus for that match for me. And 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 the way that Austin Theory won, it was smartly booked. Montez Ford sold the fuck out of that. Apparently he uh, worked Bianca. Apparently Bianca was in the back, like worried about it. Like she thought that he was hurt. Very fun match. Uh, I'm cool with the ending. I'm cool with Austin Theory going over. I'm not sure if Austin Theory versus John Cena is going to be for the U.S. title, but whatever. Doesn't need to be. Doesn't, it shouldn't be. Um, if it is, then Austin Theory goes over it even better. Uh, but uh, 
this it was a spectacular elimination chamber match. One of the best I've ever seen, if not the best I've ever seen. Zach, what do you think about it? That's yeah, agreed. As far as um, recency bias, I I do have a hard time kind of harkening back to, to some of those. Bray winning, well. Bray winning is the one that really sticks out to my mind. I can't, like I said, I won't, I won't speak for everybody else. The one that I was, the one that I was at that in St. Louis in 2011 when uh, John Cena won because Shawn Michaels popped out from underneath the Elimination Chamber, super kicked Undertaker, and then John Cena won. That was pretty cool, but I was there for it, so I don't know if uh, I don't know if that counts. That counts, as far as I'm concerned. But you know, go ahead, Zach. Sorry. No, it's fine. But yeah, as far as like a match goes, um, really fun, and I will second the Gargano versus Rollins. Um, arguably, Logan Paul versus Rollins makes more sense as a WrestleMania match, so. Really happy about that one. Also, I think that's going to be phenomenal. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is fantastic. Um, one thing I was surprised at how many crotch chops uh, Montez Ford did. I agree, <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> and then he kind of went for a pupil's elbow too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Apparently, he likes the rock, and you know, I'm I'm not mad at him. Don't get me wrong. I did. You know, he was getting ready to set up the pupil's elbow. He did the rock bottom. Things that obviously, you know, stand out as a, a rock fan. Oh, he likes The Rock. That's weird. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I just I thought that Montez Ford really stood out for all the right reasons in this scenario. For all the reasons that we've been saying for forever, though. I mean, he's a fucking And that's why I was like, ass. yeah, that's why, you know, for me, he was, you know, at least my vote for the the most underrated of uh of 2022 you you've always you saw glimpses you saw this you I saw p- that I, p- I picked him to win and then it was it was clear like he was getting all his shit and i was like ah, i think he's peaking a little too early i don't think he's gonna win no, Any, anyway i think that's what you for for montez Ford. this was his ceiling i think for yeah this match for sure okay the ceiling that he hung off of and dropped that was his ceiling. He, you know, he went out That's and a blaze of glory. Broadcasting guys, <laughs> you know, they carried him out. That's not the absolute fucking bullshit. You guys are usually used to. And I like the fact that Montez Ford was highlighted. Bronson Reed, you know, as as much as I was disappointed, you know, him going out early, the way he went out, I was like, okay, you know what? That's cool. It took the whole fucking crew to get yeah, your ass a curb out curb stomp into a frog splash was the final two that did it for Okay, him. fair enough. Okay, I, it's I, five finishers. Yeah. You bet not be kicking out of this. I think we hijacked uh, Zach's take, though. Go ahead, Zach. No, I didn't have a take. This was a good match. I will say the, um, the doomsday device into a poison rana was awesome as it was scary. Yes, I definitely cringed. That was one of them... Few times where I was like, "Is everybody okay? All right, we're good, we're good, fantastic." Now this was I thought was the match of the night. Um, boy, Sammy and Roman aside, this was an ultimate spot fest. Sammy and Roman is like in a different. It's just it's just different. I think that's yeah. I think that's going to ultimately be the match of the year for WWE. I just thought for this particular night, this match hit all the right chords. Even when Logan Paul came in, it made sense. 
how he got in made sense. Yep. What he did make sense. Make the curve stomp. Sense. The curve stomp was like the. I was like, oh, you motherfucker! Now you fucked up, and now we got a WrestleMania match to where now you have the right guys in their right spots. Seth is so over with the fans; it's impossible for him to be in a a heel mode at this point. People want to boo Logan Paul, so I, let him do it. I have a I I. I'm going to stick with it this year. I have running notes for the Beefers next year, so I don't forget about stuff. I put this down as a contender for this. This will be in the conversation at the end of the year. It might not win, but it's in the conversation. It's going to be thought about as, if not the pay-per-view of the year, the WWE pay-per-view of the year. We don't know where stuff's going to go, but this was an incredible event. Better Um, than I thought it would be. Do you want to give it a grade? (laughs) Um... Yeah, I'll give it a grade. I'll, I'll go B+. Plus. Zach? It cracked me up. Uh, I mean, I was going to give it a B plus too, not because I don't agree, but I just feel like there was something recently that Jason gave us a bias to. It was like <laughs> an A-pay-per-view. There was. It was a Royal Rumble. It was a Royal Rumble. It was a Royal Rumble. Rumble. Yeah. It, was a Royal Rumble. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. I'll give it a B. <laughs> Thanks for coming out, WWE. <laughs> uh, I give it an A. Uh, I, I, I don't think the WWE pay-per-views get much better than this. I thought it was uh, fun. I mean, I, I had a fun crew with me too. I had Tender Mahal and Vice and my buddy Ben. It was a fun crew. Fuck, I still owe Joey twenty dollars. I forgot. I keep forgetting to Venmo him. Yeah. Hey, hey, jo- hey guess what? Hey Joey, you get, it's you coming. Get, hey, you get that motherfucking Venmo uh, request tomorrow morning. I promise you that, bro. Ten o'clock. Hey Joey, you my, that. my Venmo's uh, my Venmo's down. I don't know what's going on. With it. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't getting 20 bucks. You ain't getting 20 bucks. Let's get to that two count. One, two, <laughs> like, oh, three. shit. I forgot to give Joey 20 bucks. <laughs> man, you better get that man his money. He got a promotion to run. Yeah, I know. He, he Yeah, he deserves that money. It's gonna yeah. Go, it's going to go right in Josh Alexander's pocket. It's something. Uh, that's fine. That's fine. I'm fine. I'll just give you Josh Alexander's Venmo. I'll just <laughs> <laughs> say, we'll just bypass you. Josh, may I have your Venmo, please? Two beer. What's the two count? If I know anything about wrestlers, they will absolutely give you their Venmo. <laughs> <laughs> Quickly. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you know what? Um this is going to be kind of surprising, but uh, I didn't watch AW because I found, in my limited time that I had this week, I found a couple other things to be more musty TV. And I feel like if I'm thinking this, then I can't be the only one. Um, wow. But, I mean, I, I had to watch Raw like before I watched AW, so I did that today because I hadn't watched it. And uh, I watched Raw, and then I watched um, not the Battle of the Valley, even though uh, I probably should have because that's what you guys watched. But I watched uh, the Noah Show. I don't know if Jason watched this. Uh, yeah, or not. I know. I know Bill didn't. Um, but so at least you can you can speak to it. But I'll I'll just I only watched the last two matches, but because uh, it was like a five hour show, but uh, absolutely phenomenal. Um, it was uh, the last two matches were. The uh, GHC Heavyweight Champion Kaito Kiyomiya versus uh, Okada, and everything a Japanese heavyweight main event should be like hard hitting. I mean, this is like match of the year, like Japanese level wrestling shit, just like Shingo and Okada was 
that I didn't get to talk about last week, which was also phenomenal. But um, dude, this this was this was great, and I won't um, you know kind of go into detail and belabor because we just spent you know, yeah, I mean, here, a very very long time here, can talking I, about elimination chamber. Go ahead. Can I can I say this? Like, <laughs> if, <laughs> I've been holding my lap for like five minutes. As a as as a guy who's on a wrestling podcast with you and who has your phone number, and I I think you have mine. Um, <laughs> like, if you're gonna talk about something on the podcast, I like I was sitting there today at work, kind of just dicking around. I didn't have a whole lot to do today, and uh, I was like, man, I got all my wrestling watch for the week. Like, I watched everything. I watched AEW <laughs> Live. I was like, nothing else I need to watch. I'm feeling good about the podcast I'm tonight. Good. I'm feeling good about the podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so next time, just shoot your boy a text and say, hey, man, uh, if you get a chance, Watch these matches so you can talk intelligently about it. You need Jason's passcode for the rest of the universe. I should have. I just didn't even really think I was going to talk about it. But then I also I thought I was going to get to AEW, and I was, we were just going to talk about that, and this wouldn't even come up. But I just wanted to – and this is also better than I thought it was going to be. So I just wanted to say to go watch it. We don't have to belabor it or, like, go into it. I just wanted to give it a plug. <laughs> we'll be talking about awesome. that on the, uh, the Phoenix Splash podcast on the next episode. <laughs> hey, yeah, have Zach as a guest. <laughs> what you doing on Sunday? <laughs> no, nah, I'm joking. I don't even know next time we're going to record. Do you want me to do AEW you want to do AEW? No, I want Zach uh, to. And real, Zach can do Raw. Like, quick. I mean, there's stuff to talk about with okay, Raw. Okay, okay. So, yeah. And also, Keiji Muto's final, final match against Naito. Kaiji Mudo can barely walk, and Naito got a 30-minute match out of this dude, and it was awesome. Like, some of the best storytelling you'll ever see in a match. Um, you guys just got to watch it. It was absolutely phenomenal. So, anyway, uh, I, will talk about, I will talk about Raw, uh, because um, Sami Zayn opens the show to huge ovation, naturally, because it's Sami fucking Zayn. And, um, you know, he comes out and he talks about uh, being disappointed because everybody was telling him to finish the story, finish the story, and he was unable to finish the story. And he's such, so good and so believable, um, you know, with the, um, you know, with the guilt uh, stuff. He's just like, I feel guilty that I couldn't get it done. And like it's fake, you know what I mean? Like it's just like we all know. Man, let that man live, dog. It. He feel guilty. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just, you know, you like he just spun it so well, and uh, you know, calls out Kevin Owens, and uh, yeah, I will agree with uh, your guys' sentiments earlier, and just say that uh, Kevin Owens, him. I'm glad that they didn't hug at the end of Montreal, even though it would have been a big pop and it would have sent the fans home happy after a deflating loss. Um, I'm glad that they're complicating things because it does make more sense. It is more realistic. And you have six weeks-ish to WrestleMania. You only need, you know, you could do three uh, of this complicated storyline and then three more of the builds of the actual match. But, uh, but yeah, um, it just reaffirmed the fact that I know it's over, uh, but at least that that kind of like that road to like Sammy winning a uh, over Roman Reigns, um, you can have him beat him for the non-title afterwards or whatever. But uh, it just reaffirms that Sammy is the star of the show because he's 
closing SmackDown, he's opening Raw. Um, I don't know. It, it was, like I said, it was must-see TV for me. And I'm a huge AEW fan, huge New Japan fan. This was must-see TV for me. And I had to watch. I uh, I echo those sentiments. I thought that it was really smart that KO came out. I Like I said before, I thought that KO's explanation was really fucking smart, saying, hey, man, I went out there for me. I, I told you, I've been, I've been pissed off at the bloodline forever. I didn't go out there for you. I went out there for me. KO understands wrestling storytelling, and KO understands promos, and he understands his character, and he was not going to give anything away cheap, and I appreciate the fuck out of that. No, that's what that's that's real life shit, you know. And as as much as I'm a, a petty motherfucker, and I'll be the first to admit it, you know. You cross me, that's probably the first and the last time you cross me. If you come back and be like, you know, hey, I'm sorry, you know, look, man, <laughs> you're probably not getting the second chance. I'm scared and, of you. <laughs> you can get a second chance, you mother nigga. Um, I I, pre- I, I appreciate the, the Kevin Owens perspective of it. Look, man, I've been fighting the bloodline. Since the inception. So now you're going to come around and try to bring me back in. You know, I'm, I'm ready to fight with you now, nah, man. I'm going to need some more from you from that. Now, how, once again, we get from point A to point B, there's the question. There's going to be a couple beatdowns, a couple of saves, and then ultimately we'll get the, the hug out where they're just going to say, fuck it, we're going to go after the Usos. Um, I'm not going to say sit here and say that I didn't want them to hug it out at Elimination Chamber. That that to me would have been the ultimate, um, the opposite of what happened at Clash of the Castle. And that's just the way I want it. The way they're doing it right now, I totally get it. And I understand it. Like I said, for me, I'm petty as fuck. So at that point, I'm with KO, man. You got to do, do a little more hoop jumping to get me back on board. What do you want to talk about next, Zach? I mean, uh, same as Andy Corbin, uh, decidedly less, um, like, strong than Cody did last week. Uh, I just kind of want to point that out as a comparison, just kind of how they booked Corbin versus Sammy and how they booked Corbin versus Cody. Um, and, but, yeah, I mean, that that was bad. We don't need to talk about it. Uh, I, think just, I think Dominic they just wanted to give Sammy a win in Canada. Yeah, without question. Yeah. yeah. Totally, but it was just funny how he didn't like run over him, even though Sammy's the top guy. Like he didn't run over him like the top guy. He's a plucky underdog, and that's how they see him. Uh, and that's how they they did it. They just, you know Cody came out like pissed and like throwing him around and beat him in his street clothes in a couple minutes. Um, you know, anyway, just different 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 ways they approached it. Um, I, it's fine both ways. I just wanted to point it out that it was noticeable. Well, Cody didn't come off of a a big time WrestleMania or not WrestleMania match, but a, a world title match at Elimination Chamber. You know, I wouldn't expect Sammy to come out and just stomp Baron Corbin as much as I hate Baron Corbin. I, w- I would be, you know, a, a little remiss if all of a sudden after a, a 30 minute banger, Sammy Zayn just says, you know what? Fuck Baron Corbin. I'm going to come out and just drag his ass out. Yeah, he did get beat the shit with a chair. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So in this scenario, I'm like, okay. I mean, you say you hate Baron Corbin, but you see his appeal, right? Or no, no, let me let me rephrase that. You see his value, right? 
He's a good wrestler, without question. And, he, if, and he's a good guy that you can put out there and have yeah. Sami Zayn beat yes. his ass. And Cody beat, the same way. And it yes. means something more than I, I think. Up. I think my problem with Baron Corbin is how fans perceive Baron Corbin, where they think he's in this upper echelon of top heels where – you wouldn't see Seth Rollins getting drugged like that when he was on his heel run. You wouldn't see Brock Lesnar getting drugged like that yeah, when he no, was on nobody his Nobody sees him like that. There are people that see him like that, okay? And that's my problem. You got to stay off Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> How are we going to promote um, the podcast if I stay off Twitter? Good point. <laughs> Rhea, Rhea and Dom, um, Rhea looking good. Dom, such a funny funny nerdy it's like Rio's getting them talking being all badass and uh Dom's like, Oh yeah, he's like, I think my dad's got a match. He's like, I should like root you know, be there to root for him like yeah. all TV and shit. Yeah, go root so, for him, Dom. So <laughs> hey, wait. You know in that interview, Dom said something strange and Dom said in WWE kayfabe, uh Eddie is his dad. Is that still true? No. I'm sure they've had a match for that Where he won it I mean He talked about that too He he talked about the The custody papers for Dom uh, Ladder match Okay Where the custody papers were at top Look man (laughs) That's what I'm talking about Dom just stirs the pot this No this interview Like he He was talking shoot style And he was talking about How he was seven And like Eddie and Ray Sat him down before And they were like Hey this is what's gonna happen You know Uh WWE's gonna pay you, and he was seven years old. He's like, I made so much money in in like he said. What Eddie didn't prepare him for was how intense Eddie was gonna be during the match. And he's like, when you see me in the corner and Eddie is screaming at me, you're gonna learn what's what it's gonna be to be a Guerrero. He's like, he's like, I was seven. He's like, I thought he was really mad at me. He's right. like, every every facial expression you see, he's like, that's really poor Pat's no one he's all fucked up right now it's an, incre- it's an incredible interview incredible i'm not gonna no wonder it no wonder he went to prison at such a young age <laughs> oh he does like the first 10 minutes of the interview uh in character and it, it. it is fucking it it's so good he he really understands that character god it's bless really him funny. see see i'm not gonna tell you what uh where to find that interview because i'm not gonna promote another podcast guys yeah, it's on uh, right. Phoenix Splash. So, <laughs> <laughs> what? What? We did a Dom video. We did a Dom interview. Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's do it. What was that, Zach? Uh, so not next, but I mean, it's a three-hour show. We yeah, what, whatever. Shit, whatever, yeah, you whatever, whatever you want to talk, whatever you want to talk about. Cody, Cody Rhodes, Paul Heyman segment, glorious. Uh, Cody comes out, uh, and he's doing his. his Typical catchphrases. So, what do you want to talk about? And he gets cut off, burped <laughs> right into the microphone. Can we, can <laughs> he had we, to have, like held the microphone into your mouth to do that. That's so we, funny. Can we? Um, can we talk about is is Cody's? So, what do you want to talk about? Is that is that over enough for it already to be interrupted? I don't know. Because every, 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 so every time I see him do it, I'm like, I get that he's trying to get that over, but it doesn't work every time he cuts a promo. In certain situations, it does. Stop, stop trying to get it over. It's not going to get over. It's not, it's not the money clip trying to get over, but in certain situations, because he doesn't do it a lot, when 
Sammy was getting ready to go for the title. He wanted, to, you know, that's what you wanted to talk about when he won the Royal Rumble. What do you want to talk about? So yeah, well, I don't think it's. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with that. And in e, e, even in AEW, he said it when I thought it was appropriate for him to say it. Everybody, everybody knew what you what we wanted to, you to talk about as Cody Rhodes. Okay, so let's just talk about it. Cody just just drug it out a little bit. Okay, so what you guys want to talk about? You, nigga, you know what we want to talk about. Just talk about it. I like the. I don't think it's enough. It's not over enough to where people interrupt it. But the, the person that interrupted is over enough that he can interrupt it, and that's Paul Heyman. And it continues their storyline where as long as Roman Reigns is not around, you got to have Paul Heyman around to continue that storyline. No problem with it. Like I said, for me, I've always thought this is going to be Cody and Roman. This just adds another chapter, another layer to that story. At some point, they're going to cross paths before WrestleMania and meet in the ring. And then that's, you know, the big one that I want to see from that point. It's just it's just going to be builds. It's going to be, you know, slow builds every week, week to week until Roman and, and, uh, and Cody get into the ring together. That's the week you want to see. And then ultimately, we'll see them at uh, – April 2nd at, at WrestleMania. I don't want to see him face-to-face, I don't think, until the week before WrestleMania. That's or, fine, too. Or maybe not even until WrestleMania. No, you got you got to have him at, at some point. You got to have him face off. I mean, Heyman is the wise man. Heyman is the proxy. Let let Heyman go out there and do all the shit talking. I'm, I'm completely fine with the build thus far. I think that it's very smart that they didn't even mention or bring Cody out in Montreal uh, and then they did it in Ottawa, and I think it's a really good sign that he wasn't immediately rejected. Now, I also think that those Canadian fans are good fans. I think that they were, for lack of a better word, placated by what happened earlier in the night and earlier in the weekend. I think that they got the Sammy stuff out of their system. I don't think that anybody really thought that Sammy was going to win that match. I don't know. <laughs> There's some motherfuckers out there. It was like, Sammy is going to win. And I, I get that. I don't, th- it's, it's just not the same that it was with Bautista when Dana Bryan was on his way up there. And that's really the, the thing that I can compare it to the most. The, the Kofi thing is also close to it because that was such an organic Listen, yeah, it was like it's it's so weird that the 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 WWE fiscal year is from the beginning of April to the beginning of April, and every single year around December, somebody not every time, but somebody starts catching fire that isn't you don't expect to that you don't expect to, and that's it's not every year certainly, but um, I think it's a good sign that Sami Zayn or that Cody Rhodes was not booed out of the building in Ottawa the other night. And if you did that in Montreal, that would have been a different story. And I think that they kept I think him they, away from that. And I that think was, they did that that was smart. purposely and it was a smart move to And do that it. goes back to what we were saying or to what I was saying at least uh, about the Royal Rumble where it's like they knew that putting Sammy in that Royal Rumble, if he would have come in at nineteen and then gotten eliminated in the final four, all hell would have broke loose. All hell would have broke loose. So you just keep him away from it completely. 
having Cody and Sammy have a couple in-ring interactions before Elimination Chamber, you're nipping it in the bud, right? You're not you're 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 acknowledging, acknowledging for a lack of a better word. Yeah, you're yes, you're acknowledging that this is happening and yeah. that Cody versus Sammy could happen. And they're just way smarter about it now. And I, I think that Cody I'm not gonna say it's gonna go off without a hitch, Cody versus Roman Reigns. No, there's gonna be some hoop jumping involved. There's there's it's no way. I think you I think you just gotta keep Cody off of T V a couple weeks here and there. You keep obviously they no keep way. Roman. They're not going they're, they're Cody has to be on T V. Has no. to be. Well you can I'm have not vignettes. saying he wrestles. You can have vignettes. You could have you can have their uh you know the shit that they put together their build up. No, I get shit, what you're you know? saying on that, but I just I really think Cody needs to be on TV. Yo, this time I'm gonna let it all hang out. <laughs> this time I'm gonna scream out and shout. No, there's my they, way the I was about to say, man, don't get me started on that vignette, man. That, that's one of my faves, man. Fuck that. I was high for fucking Stone Cold and Rock that year, man. That is one of my favorites. See, I no, didn't know that's what it was from. No, no title, no nothing. Rock's just coming. For the t- just coming for his w- victory, I I haven't beat Stone Cold. What I just I, want to beat his ass one I, time. What I did like was Heyman, and I, I don't know. I was taking the piss. Maybe I'm hijacking somebody's take here. But what I did like was that Heyman cut him off. That'll be Zach's take, by the way. And then, okay, Zach, go ahead. No, it's fine. Yeah, go ahead. I, I, yeah. I like I like that Heyman cut him off. Didn't let Cody talk too much because. Cody said a lot, you know. There is going to be a backlash to that sentimental Dusty Rhodes stuff that he's doing if he does it too much. Now, listen, that's an effective story. There is so much goodwill built up for Dust for Dusty Rhodes, but if he starts to lean on it a little bit too much, it is going to be. It could become a problem. In terms of the fans, like people don't want that much, so that's why I'm saying you can keep them off TV. That's why I think it was smart to have Heyman cut them off, and then Heyman basically go lowest road possible. I don't think that you can handle the road. I don't think that you can handle the commitments like Roman does. Being the champion of WWE means you have to do all these things. And he said I could go really low and say Roman's going to keep your wife warm at night. Roman's a happily married man, but I'm not. And I was like, that's really funny. And then I thought Cody's reaction to that was perfect because Cody's reaction was he started to get pissed off, and then you could see in his face, he was like, I see what you're trying to do, and I'm not going to let you do it. And then he looked in the camera, and he told Roman, he goes, don't send this man again. That was badass. That line was badass. I don't care what you say. I don't care how much you hate Cody Rhodes or how much you might already be sick of the dusty shit. That was a great line and a great delivery of that line, and I'm still into this match. I think Cody did what I think most people would do. You get pissed immediately, but you know this is what they do. He shook it off. Don't send that man again. Was perfect. You know he's coming back. <laughs> I, I I know, but it was it was no. But once he said, I was like, "Come on, Cody! You know he's coming back, right? It was you know great, he's coming back." Great line though. And then it just it, it built. It's an uh, it's the tension that you need when Roman's not around. I'm not a huge fan of you know. 
I'm not a happy, you know, Roman's a happily married man, but I'm not. Okay, that just seemed a little cheesy, but that's WWE. It is what it is, but it was effective. It made me, it was like, okay, you know what? Well, what, what it really made me think of is, yeah, that makes sense. Well, who the fuck would want to be married to Paul Heyman? <laughs> Maybe like Tommy Dreamer and that's it. Stop! <laughs> Let that man live, dog. All right. He just tried to get another paycheck from Impact. What else? Um, what else we got? Uh, maybe just one more thing that I want to talk about with Raw, but I do have this on in the background. I'm, I'm, I have this Noah thing on in the background, uh, rewatching it. Uh, and I want to say that Jelly. Phil was talking about a heel, heel Okada mm. last week. <laughs> and if you want to, if you want a taste of that, this is more extra incentive to watch this, and also. That the production value of this Noah show Ooh. is better than, dude, it's better than anything I've seen in WWE. Like, they the Okada fucking entrance was like, damn, <laughs> dude, Japan dude, should be taking some notes. Uh, that's really dude, interesting. Japan, everybody should take notes. Everybody, it's, it's amazing. Anyway, go ahead. I was gonna say. That's really interesting to me. Uh, maybe instead of watching Noah again, you watch something that we're going to talk about in this Uh-oh. fucking podcast. Uh-oh. <laughs> well, Daz mad. <laughs> well, what am I going to watch a Roll the fuck up! <laughs> no, That's I'm, fine. Where'd um, it go, anyway. Zach? You pissed off Dad. I don't like how you guys, I don't like theory, how you man. call me dad like when you're trying to talk you're trying to talk about me being a jerk trying to keep this thing I, I'm gesturing over here because this is where Bo you <laughs> I don't like how you call me dad when you think I'm being a jerk because I'm trying to keep the fucking podcast I don't think you're online. being a jerk I'd fuck it with you just, thought, you think I'm actually mad at Zach not at all pretty fucking, pretty fucking mad at him <laughs> um so I want to talk about Ding Dong Hello for the next eleven minutes. No, not really, but yeah, I right. do want to mention it because I love the graphics. Uh, I love Bailey, mm-hmm. and it does set up a match for WrestleMania. And I think they did a good job with it, where you're gonna have a tag team title match, uh, women's, and you had Lita come out. And even though Becky and Lita were wrestling the last time we saw them together, uh, they did like at least acknowledge the fact that oh, you know. We've kind of resolved our differences, and we're two of the greatest, and we want to wrestle for those those tag titles. Which I don't know if Lita's like down for like a couple appearances. Like them holding those tag titles is like not a bad idea. Um, so anyway, that was like kind of the most noteworthy thing, uh, other than Edge losing to Austin Theory, which is a big win for Austin Theory um, in his career. And you know he's getting ready to wrestle John Cena, so um, pretty wild stuff. Uh, but that was raw. Uh, I'll say this. Uh, I think that Bailey has been doing great work recently. I think that her heel persona with the ding dong hello thing has finally started making sense. She is clowning. Finally? She's clowning. She reminds me of peak. This is high praise for me. She reminds me of Pete Kurt Angle. I knew you were going to say Kurt Angle. Well, well, like, when they came down, they were talking shit, and she was like, use the door. Like, I was like, that is, that's fucking funny. She's done that before. I, I, don't, I don't care. It's fucking funny. Um, I still think that this is heading towards a three-on-three match at WrestleMania, including Trish Stratus with uh, Trish, Lita, and 
Becky Lynch versus Damage Control. I'll, I'll say this. Becky Lynch is kind of cold, right? Yeah. Much colder than she was. Like, they try to present her like she's what she was. And I'm not saying she's not the wrestler she was, but she is absolutely not the star that she was. There was mm. a time when she was the biggest star in wrestling. And I don't mean women's star. She was the biggest star in wrestling at one point. Well, she, she kind of had that, she kind of had that Dana Bryan, Kofi Kingston, Sami Zayn thing. Like when we were Nia leading Jax up to busting her nose, and the next thing you know, she was on her way to stardom. When we were leading up to that one WrestleMania where her, Ronda, and Charlotte headlined it, she was as she was as hot as any, maybe not as hot as Sami Zayn in Montreal, but nah, she wasn't. I, 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 I think I don't know. I think I think Sami Zayn in Montreal is the new bar. Like, I wow. I, I don't think I've ever seen anybody that over. Becky Lynch was fucking over. Yeah, but not like Sami Zayn in Montreal. Not like, not like this guy is so over that the entire crowd is going to be. Let's, into let's, the let's put this, can we can we put a little asterisk on that and say that was a home field advantage for sure? That's Becky what, Lynch well, was doing. Becky Lynch was doing this. Not, not even in Ireland. Anywhere yeah. in the United you, States, she was way the fuck over. Barring any injuries, knock on wood, you wait Sami Zayn till SummerSlam. Sami, Zayn's gonna, Sami Zayn is going to be the most over dude in WWE for the next six to eight months. No question. It's not even going to – I'm telling you, he's going to ride this all the way to SummerSlam. You think WrestleMania is going to be the done – going to be – the end of the Sami Zayn story, he's going to keep fucking going. He's going to fight Cody Rhodes at a pay-per-view for I, the belt. I agree with that. I and, agree with that. And Cody Rhodes might start leaning into that thing that he does where he's so babyface he's heel like he's, uh, what's his face off of the boys? Uh, what's his name? Homelander. Yeah. He's going to be doing that. Homelander is a straight up heel. There's, there's I know, <laughs> but, but Homelander that, thinks That's a bad analogy. <laughs> no, but Homelander thinks he's a face, though. He does think he's a face. He does. That's what Cody Rhodes started doing in AEW, but but he didn't realize he was a heel. Cody didn't realize he was a heel. That's what that's what that was the death okay knell different of story him. for a different time. Okay, right. fair anyway, enough. Anyway, um, Becky Lynch. Yeah, I will say you mentioned you mentioned like the 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 bar, right? Um, for hot crowds, like for hot crowds, uh, Jumbo Saruta, Mister Hero Masala. Uh, whenever Masala won for the first time. Um, Masao was the first Tiger Mask, and he wasn't quite a huge star yet, and, and it was like a, a passing of the torch. Like, watch that match. I probably watched that match like 15 times. It is it's one of my favorite wrestling matches. Anyway, that crowd, uh, the story behind that, like Giant Baba called an audible, like everybody in the – everybody in – uh, Get your board. The stadium, which is constantly talking. They were, it was like Masawa, Masawa, and he's like, "All right." He went into Jumbo Saruta and said, "You're losing tonight." You, um, know, you know what, Zach? Like I, like we we text sometimes, even without Jason, even without Murray Man, even without, <laughs> even without Tender Mahal, and I'll text you things that I like, or I'll tell you books that I like to read, like Patrick Radden Keefe, and you're reading Say Nothing. Did you finish Say Nothing? I did. I actually read the last, like, half of it in one sitting. It was so fucking good. Yeah, the end of the Gene McConville story is pretty fucked up, right? It's phenomenally fucked up. I I loved it. Yes. 
And then, uh, you know, you text me the other day. You're like, I don't know why I don't listen to Clutch all the time. And I'm like, yeah, dude, they're my dudes. I've been listening to them since <laughs> yeah. 1994. Since 1994, I've been listening to those guys. And then, uh, you know, me and you saw John Wick 3 together. I've been watching. I've been rewatching the John Wicks, and I've been thinking about you a whole lot. And then, Are you upset I didn't introduce you to Mitsuhiro Misawa? Yeah, that's exactly right. Like, why don't you just text me and be like, hey, watch this. Like, I, I provide you so much content. Oh, shit, here we go with this content thing again. You know how much content I send Zach? That's just for me and Zach. It's just like a I know, I know. There's certain things I, did, I would never understand. It's a personal relationship between us two. I get it. You know, I get it. All right, I'm, I'm searching. I'm searching for the match, that I'm gonna send it to you. Hey, right you know what? Now. Hey, you know what? <laughs> hey, you know what? Don't bother. <laughs> Cold blooded is his name. All right, so finish up, bro. I'm gonna take a piss. Now I'm gonna talk about New Japan. <laughs> we ain't gonna talk about AEW. That's gonna be. Okay, fair enough. First time ever. Okay, Jesus Christ. See what you did, Zach? It's on the decline. See what you did. <laughs> See what you did. Okay? You made you made a man. <laughs> we going to talk about New Japan <laughs> and put AEW in the odds and ends. You are you happy honestly, now? Are you happy? Honestly, I feel like I feel like that's warranted. Wow. Unbelievable. Great, I didn't watch it this week. Uh, so, but I, I didn't hear that it was any kind of like banger show or anything either. So, um, yeah. Who are you, dude? You, you you go to the strip club a couple times. I'm an I'm an I'm an objective journalist. <laughs> no, <I'm> just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you objective journalist. That's good. I'm glad I'm not. I'm glad I'm the only non-journalist around here. True fan, true fan around here. Objective journalist over there in Portland, and the real journalist, the the, the you know the blue check mark journalist. If he was on Twitter anymore, he would be getting the blue check mark for having this. Uh, Journalistic uh, credentials running around here. Let's get to that three count. <laughs> One, two, three. Okay, the reason that AEW is not going to be the in one of the three counts, it's going to be our odds and ends, and I'll, I'm going to pop around. We're not going to go through the whole show. It's because uh, something kind of big happened at the Battle in the Valley. Eh. NJPW. Yeah. No. Sasha Banks. I'm joking, man. I'm being facetious. Jesus Mercedes Monet, formerly known as Sasha Banks, is the new NJPW women's champion. And that is a big deal because in at the Beefers this year, when we talked about the four biggest news stories, we didn't even mention Sasha Banks and Naomi walking out and vacating their tag belt. I don't think. Did we? No. That's pretty fucked up because that was a huge deal when it happened. It still seems pretty weird. Sasha Banks has headlined WrestleMania nights for WWE. She walked out on WWE, and she's now, before WrestleMania of the same year, same fiscal WWE year, she is the NJ, She is the second NJPW Women's Champion. Jason, I'm assuming that you watched this entire Yes, I did. <laughs> you know I did. First of all, I, I, I'll go first. First of all, because I, I don't think Zach watched it. First of all, this Mercedes, Mercedes Monet, or however they say it, they say money and Monet, but they... No, you said like, it right. Monet, no, they, they say it weird. It's like they're being coached to say it weird. Her versus Kyrie lasted almost 30 minutes. Incredible. 
an incredible in-ring match. This Almost is the match I wanted long. to see her her being Kyrie and Tam. I uh, also have, put this down for my women's match of the year on my running list of 2023 beefers. This was it, it really like it was kind of slot. There were parts of it that were sloppy, but they were trying so much shit and they were doing so much shit. It was really incredible. I had a great time. I knew that Mercedes was going to win. I didn't see any spoilers, but I knew that Mercedes was going to win. It wouldn't have made any sense for her to lose here. Kyrie puts the belt on her afterwards. You can tell that Kyrie loves Mercedes. Uh, ooh, you, can, me. you can tell they have tons of respect for each other. For sure. And um, it was a very cool moment. One of the coolest moments of the week. Full of cool moments. For last week, yeah, for sure. Um, it was no Moxley versus Evil Uno, but it was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it surpassed that and, and then some. Um I wasn't sure I, I didn't see a spoiler, so when I saw it, you know, I was, you know, genuinely in the moment, which was I was good with it, you know. Kyrie just doesn't feel like she's gonna be somebody that is going to be a long term champion. Not saying, you know, Mercedes Monet is gonna be a long term champion, but I think Mercedes has a more of a international appeal, especially on the U.S. side, where she's got fans and her fans came out, sold out the the uh, San Jose Arena, uh, big turnout for her another, appearance. Another fun crowd. Uh, uh, big turnout for well, you know, for the WrestleMania King, oh, WrestleMania Kingdom, the Wrestle Kingdom show. Um, there was a lot of pay per view buys for that. So that's something to be said about it. So as much as people might not like uh, mercedes Monet, a.k.a. Sasha Banks, there's something to be said with the numbers behind it. Who She's, doesn't like her? There's plenty of people that don't like her. I mean, yeah. and that's neither here nor there. I don't <laughs> – don't give a fuck. Don't Zach, give a fuck. Zach, did you watch this match? Uh, no, although I did just turn the show on because it made me feel guilty. Um, I, I wanted, I wanted to watch it with sound. So <laughs> Say, I'm actually watching. See, this is Mercedes Monet coming out right now. Um, Zach, too little, too late. <laughs> honestly, I thought this was probably the right move because now you're setting of up. Of course, it's the right. Well, you're setting up matches with women in stardom. You know. Dream matches. She already called out Azumi, they so that have, might be something that might happen. New Japan has somebody that headlined the WrestleMania a year and a half ago, and they're like, "Hey, she wants to come into our little promotion where she's going to fight in front of four hundred marks at some fucking place in Reseda, California, and she's going to do it, and we're going to make her lose to Kyrie." Fuck no, man. She is a star. They have something very hot on their hands. That I'm telling you, like we said a couple after Wrestle Kingdom, new NJPW, it's coming out hot, man. I'm not. No, they're gonna they're gonna get new fans with this. Like they're oh yeah, like, Battle of sure. the Valley. There's a bunch of people that bought that Battle of the Valley show. Like I've been subscribed to New Japan World for I don't know what like over like five years, six years. Every month I've been giving my yen. Uh, there's and I, I did not buy this show, right? Even though it looks like a great show, but I'm just like I pay my yen. I'm just gonna wait. Until, <laughs> um, so, but there's people that don't subscribe to New Japan that bought this show, and they're gonna be like, this New Japan shit rules. And just like they did whenever Jericho fought Omega, however many years ago, and they stayed on, 
because the shit rules and they're going to recognize that. And then, um, he's going to do the same thing for stardom. Also, he's going to get a ton of eyes on stardom. Um, it's going to be cool. So we can go through this pretty quick. Yeah, go ahead. Um, uh, I'll start from the beginning. Uh, we had Fred Rosser versus Kenta for the NJPW strong belt. Kenta goes over Fred Rosser in 16 minutes with help from Juice Robinson. Um, just for the guy that watches, I think I'm. I think I'm the only one that watches NJPW Strong. I watch it. I watch it. I've watched it six times. Okay. I want to say I maybe watch it like half the time. It's just it's background noise a lot of time for me. I'll have it on when I'm working, but uh, I don't. I don't. I don't watch it a lot. I like the Fred Rosser run, but this this wasn't a huge surprise, especially with how the rest of this card plays out. We're gonna, obviously we're going to talk about uh, your boy as Bill's boy Eddie Kingston coming up here in a little bit. But um, a lot of thoughts about that match. I think this is a scenario where it felt like it was the right call to make. I like Fred Ross's run, but Kenta to me is just a little more entertaining, a little more heelish, it's, it's, somebody that I can root against. It's still kind of guys from the dojo, though. Like, it's Kenta's going to put them through their paces. Like, Kenta's going to hold that belt, and he's going to make a couple guys better. That's the whole point of that. I thought Fred Rosser was already good, but I think this no, match. No, Fred Rosser is, but he's not the he's not. He Kenta. does he doesn't it's, need to get get over. Of, Other guys need to face right. Kenta and have Kenta Fred put Rosser's them over. Fred Rosser's already over. Yeah, in, in, in without question. Strong. Without question. Uh, next up, we had the West Coast Wrecking Crew versus the Motor City Machine Guns. Uh, Jason, what do you think about this match? This is where I was the, the probably the most disappointed because I thought West Coast Wrecking Crew should have won this match. It's not a di- diss against the Motor City Machine Guns. They're great. They're just we not New Japan. That. It's not even New Japan. I just, you know, f- for somebody that's watched New Japan Strong pretty much from the start, West Coast Wrecking Crew is one of those teams. But, what do you think of the match? The match was good. It just it ended kind of abruptly. Where I was just like, oh, that's the end? Damn. Right. Okay. Damn, that sucks. And, you know, it, I, I was like going through like, you know, 30 seconds of different emotions. Oh, that sucks. Man, I'm pissed off. Okay, well, it's not that bad. Ultimately, this was a good match. There's a lot of really solid matches throughout. To me, once we get towards the end, that's when shit starts to get a little excited. Uh, next up, we had Jay White versus Eddie Eddie Kingston. So if Jay White loses or if Eddie Kingston loses, they are out of New Japan pro wrestling forever. Um, Fucking this match was mega fun. The after match was mega fun. Also, (laughs) we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a second. Spoiler, Zach. (laughs) uh, Jay White loses to Eddie Kingston. Jay White performed the fuck out of this match. Eddie Kingston performed the fuck out of this match. It was a pretty hard-hitting match. Jay White basically turns babyface in the middle of the match. Like, he keeps having these hope spots, and it it was like, wait a minute. Like, are they going to have Jay White? I, I, I was legitimately in the bag for it. I was like. You thought Jay, Jay White was turning babyface there? I guess that's how good he is. Okay. Like, he really, like, yeah, he had me He had me feeling like he was going to beat Eddie Kingston. Also, Eddie Kingston is a very strange pick. And I said this last week. I was like, what the fuck does Eddie Kingston have to do with this? He's not in New Japan. 
He's an AEW. And plus, it's not like if Jay White loses to him on his way out of New Japan, he's putting somebody over. He did. He he wrestles strong a lot, though. Yeah, but he put over Eddie Kingston. What's the point of that? Eddie Kingston's not a New Japan wrestler. He put over Eddie Kingston. Jay White putting over Eddie Kingston, I don't care on what promotional level you want to go with it. To me, Jay White, yeah, but what Eddie good Kingston. Does, what good does it do New Japan, though? Why, why would New Japan do that? It, just, that, it, that ties up, it ties up the Jay White scenario. No, but that's what... This is what's so interesting to me, though, is that, like, why would New Japan, what deal was in place to have New Japan have Eddie Kingston be the one that retires Jay White out of New Japan? For now. I mean, he could be back. Of sure. course. He'll probably, he probably will. Yeah. But what is the, what's the thinking behind that? Oh, you're, t- you're talking, like, long term. Is, is, Eddie, King, ta- is talking, Eddie Kingston going to be a champion? No, I'm talking New Japan has a massive roster. <laughs> Of guys who could retire Jay White. They could have put him against Ren Narita. They could have could have put him against El Fantasmo. They could have put him against Will Ospreay. They could have put him against a lot of people. But they put him against Eddie Kingston, who's not Hikaleo was Hikaleo was the one. Zach, this this is more of a Zach, do you see my point? Yeah, I I I, I understand what you're saying. I don't know that they I don't know if it was just timing or I don't know what they you know, didn't put a ton of thought into it. No, this um, is this is all loose ends. This is what happens when you have but a do guy. Eddie Kingston and Jay White have a history? Yes. Where? On New Japan Strong. <laughs> yeah. They've had beef before. And this just this beef just at just ultimately climaxed at the Battle of the Valley. Do I understand? I get what you're saying, but you can still put over Hikaleu on a Wrestle Kingdom level. Where, where is where and you is, can put over Eddie Kingston on the Battle of Valley Alex level? Coughlin or, or where's Alex Zane? Where is uh, Kevin Knight? Oh, Kevin Knight's getting ready to fight. Okay, Clark Connors or somebody. Well, know. Clark Con- Connors well, wrestled well, where, to ZSJ. Where is, where is Gabe Kidd? Like, where are these guys? Why can't they be the one? To retire okay, Jay all right, White. Okay, so any of those ma- guys that you just named, do you think that they could legitimately beat, beat Jay, White? Jay White? As much as Eddie Kingston could. Stop. No way. Do you see my point? I get your point. About putting over a younger guy? Yeah, like, but none of those younger guys could, could, I mean, not even legitimately. Eddie Kingston is 50 years but, old. Okay, He's a so fucking pussy. Okay, all Come right. find me, <laughs> I'll, I'll, oh, I'll, this I'll, is about Bill's beef with Eddie Kingston. That's what it's about. It's not about Thank the you. I was just getting nah, ready to say, that's, that's what it is. I love this match. Two beer, 30 seconds. I love the match. Jay White versus Ren Narita. Who wins? You mean like... Uh, if we rolled it out in New Japan it, right now... it's fake, right? I, I'm getting ready to make my win. Po- it could be Cheeseburger. It couldn't be Dude, cheeseburger. It couldn't be cheeseburger. Okay, my point is thing. fans wouldn't accept it. Man, it'd be so funny if cheeseburger came in and retired. <laughs> <laughs> Niggas would lose their damn mind. Booking. It couldn't be. That's brave no, booking. No, that's that's brave booking. Ballsy booking. Cheeseburger should beat Roman Reigns. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Cody, go home. <laughs> Sammy, take a couple weeks off. We got it. All right, we gotta keep it moving. Hey, uh, I like I like yeah. the show already. I turned it on in the uh, Grand Metal League the first match. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, the first match is fun. 
Uh, Eight man tag. So after the match, uh, David Finley comes out and cuts a scorched earth promo. Jesus Christ. Fucking outstanding promo. Uh, David Finley, it looks like they're, well, this is my interpretation. David Finley is going to replace Jay White as uh, the guy. Maybe a bullet club? No. Oh, yeah, maybe. Oh, maybe. Oh, yeah. But he's going to, he's the guy, Jin. That's going to be at the top of the card. Over Will Ospreay? No, no, no. Not over Will Ospreay, but he's... Okay, how about a guy? <laughs> wait, wait a minute, man. What are you talking about? He had a fucking spectacular line I in this totally promo where he said, when I'm in America, and I, when I'm in America, when I am in America, they call me Irish. When I'm in Ireland, mm-hmm. they call, call me, me a, American. A, a gaijin or whatever. And he goes, when I'm in Japan, they call me gaijin. And he goes... I'm everywhere all the time. It was fucking, it was badass. It was a fucking spectacular. It was a, a pl- David Family breakout promo. A plus promo. And it was right before Jay White was going to give his like. Concession speech. Goodbye. <laughs> hey, his I'm goodbye out. promo. He's like, I love you guys. He was getting ready to say it. David Finley comes in and fucks him up and then cuts that promo. That like, is. Well, damn. That's ma- <laughs> major league shit. Major League shit. David Finley was always one of those guys that was on the cusp, was on the cusp, lost here, lost I there. Thought, I thought he was like, he this, was one of the MVPs of last year's G1, he, no doubt. Yeah. Um, that, that him and the Osprey Right, match. yeah, without question. And even before that, he had good matches with that. But he always had, like, there was they teased David Finley being a heel at one point, and that kind of went away. Now we go in the full blow David Finley heel form Fuck, fashion. I'm yes. all for it. I yeah. want to see where this goes. Hey Zach, on a scale of one to ten, how much do you want to watch that promo? Uh, I'd say a solid eight. Uh, next up, we had. Tom. I really like David Finley. Oh, <laughs> well, of course, he fucking rules. No, he's a good. He's uh, he's excellent. In next the up, we had Tom Lawler versus Homicide in a Lawler. Rules match, filthy rules match, filthy rules yeah. match where there's no ropes. Uh, why is Homicide fighting on a New Japan card? This is another case where they have so much fucking talent. Are they just not going to pay for one more plane ticket? <laughs> so they got to call up Homicide to take a bunch of crazy bumps and almost die four times versus Tom Lawler. Anyway, Lawler goes over. It was good. No, it was fine. <laughs> right guy went over, tap out, perfect. Move along. Zach, on the scale of one to ten, how much do you want to watch that match? Six. I like filthy, and I think it'll be a nice change of pace because uh, when I looked at this card, it really looked like a fantastic variety show. Like this is a very strong card on paper, and this fills a gap, right? Like, um, yep. Here's your step match card or step match for yeah. the other card it's or whatever. Like, it's like fucking hee haw. Really is. <laughs> Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Clark Connors. Uh, I I said this either last week or the week before, but these TV title matches can't, last week. can't just be 14. They can't end within be in between 14 minutes and 15 minutes every time. They need to sprinkle something in, and they did the exact same thing this time. Listen, Clark Connors is a talented motherfucker. Zack Sabre Jr. obviously is, my, Oz is my dude, but... There's almost no intrigue to this shit 
if it's gonna if it goes after twelve minutes, you're like, ah, well, I guess it's going. Or even if it goes after like eight minutes, you're like, shit, it's a ten minute mark. It's a game on. Fuck, we I got five it, minutes. I guess it's going fourteen and a half. It's just so predictable. I know it's a new belt, and I know they're trying something new, and they're probably trying to work through some shit. But you got to throw in Zack Saber Jr. tapping some dude out in like two minutes at some point. Then who's the guy he taps out in two minutes? That's all I'm saying. Naito. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. <laughs> it, was, it was a fun match. Zack Sabre Jr. wins at 14 minutes and 19 seconds or something. Kevin Knight meets him, greets him at the top of the ramp. Looks like that's who we're going next. Uh, we already talked about Mercedes Monet and Kyrie, and then we had Tanahashi versus Okada. The toothless Tanahashi. <laughs> this, uh, this match is less interesting to me than what happened afterwards, but... As two guys that have had one of the greatest trilogies of all time, actually it was probably four matches. Shit, more than that. Uh, but Tanahashi and Okada, it's yeah. like fifteen. <laughs> no, I, no, no, like, more than that. But, but it was like it was uh, a Wrestle Kingdom, then a Dominion, then a Wrestle Kingdom, or something like they had. Like they have this famous trilogy of matches. Oh, I see what you mean. Within their within their mini matches, within their mini a, matches. Guess, yeah, I'm saying that like those are the three matches. Like, I looked at the Meltzer thing one night. It's like, those are the three matches that everybody talks about. Anyway, I'm not that much of a New Japan historian. I've probably seen these guys fight four times, though, you know, in the last four it's years. Like the, it's like the 97, 99, and 2000 Clutch albums. You know, they've been doing it, you know, I don't are, know. Are, you, talk, are you talking about Pure Rock Fury, uh, Jam Room, and from uh, from uh, Beal to uh, – fuck, shit – God damn, that was going to be so smooth. Here, I'll edit it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tanahashi versus Okada. Okada wins with the Rainmaker at about 22 minutes. It was... SOP. Yep. Go ahead, Jason. Go ahead. SOPs. Uh, Okada's getting... Re- I, I really feel like this is going to be another long, grinding Okada run. Obviously, Two Beer talked about the, the Noah... Uh, title not even title match but the Noah match versus Kaito Kiyomiya you had Tanahashi here you had Shingo before that so I mean for Okada and I I don't care what this motherfucker said this motherfucker being Bill last week I don't think that fans are booing Okada because they're sick of Okada I think fans are starting to boo Okada because Okada's deserving to get booed. He's doing healer shit. So at that point, they're going to bully him. I don't care if he's the you know the greatest champion in New Japan history or not. Arguably the greatest champion right now. You know the goat right now. I don't care about all that when he starts doing these little healer shits. You know these little things, and now you take away Jay White. I'll say it last week. I'm gonna double down on it this week. Okada, Gato, they get back together. They going to have a heel run until Will Ospreay knocks him off. Okay, but Okada has been doing kind of heel shit as the aforementioned period of time when he was trying to get the money clip over. Not like this. No, but that was maybe that's part of the slow heel turn. Maybe this motherfucker just, he was like 33 years old and he's like, I'm going to do such a slow heel turn that people are going to think I'm a baby face <laughs> until I'm 37. Nah. I got so much goodwill built up that I'm just going to do a, a four-year heel turn. <laughs> <laughs> the slowest burn of history. Anyway, this match was good. I think that was 
what was more important was that the uh, the aftermatch promo, the Dokata cut in English, where he was talking about how he wants to take the tag titles back. He's like, why don't you come out here and be my tag partner? Who's he talking about? Tanahashi. Okay. So Tanahashi doesn't come out. Who does come out? Mercedes Monet. Mercedes Monet comes out and stands there with Okada and says, maybe me and you should be tag team partners. And it was it was her being cute. But when I talk about Mercedes Monet winning, Sasha Banks winning the NJPW women's title, for them to get that still picture of Okada standing next to Sasha Banks, and I call her Sasha Banks, I'm not trying to dead name her or anything, I'm just saying, like, I think about her as Sasha Banks. She she was Sasha Banks for so long. No, I'm just saying, like, I don't want to – I'm not trying to disrespect her. But for Sasha Banks to be standing next to Okada, and those are the two people that are representing your promotion. And closing the show. It's a big deal. closing the show. It's a huge fucking deal. It's a big deal. No question about it. What do you think, Zach? I think Naomi's going to be super pissed. <laughs> He's heating up. No doubt. But, yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I I think that would be, like, a fun, like, mixed match. Maybe get Tanahashi and Kyrie versus uh, Okada and uh but here's the here's the thing. Though, here's the thing, though. Even if she was just coming out there trying to be cute and be like, "Hey, maybe me and you should be the tag team." At the same time, the NJ the NJPW pay per view ended with a shot of Kazuchika Okada and Sasha Banks. Yeah, like, that's one of those things. You know, we say it on this podcast sometimes, but that's one of those things that if I would have told you two years ago. Hey, you're going to be ending your podcast two years from now talking about how a New, New Japan pay-per-view with Sasha Banks and Okada standing side-by-side side with their belts? Your head would have flipped. No doubt. You know what I mean? Like, it's just such a fucking weird business. It is the weirdest fucking business of all time. Never say never. Anyway, that's yeah, gonna do- I need to start going <laughs> when it comes to wrestling. That's gonna do it for our three count. One, two, three. Let's get to those odds and ends. This is banned from ringside. Can't remember the last time an AEW Dynamite was not in the three count, <laughs> but we're gonna go through it as soon as possible. Good job, Zach. Uh, it's probably uh, pre like 2019. It's a, it's been a long time. Good but, job, Zach. Uh, we're still gonna talk about? about it because it opened up with a 20 minute match between Willie Yuta and Orange <laughs> Cassidy. <laughs> Why am I laughing? Go ahead. I'll stop. You're laughing because. <laughs> There Go ahead, some, do it. Get it over with. There was some Twitter. Combat. There, was, <laughs> there was some Twitter chatter this week about Wheeler Yuta being forged in combat. <laughs> hey, guys, I am forged in combat. Don't come at me, Orange Cassidy. <laughs> That's it. I'm going to call John Moxley. I've been forced. Forged in combat. Claudio slapped the shit out of me. I'm going to whoop your ass now. <laughs> Anyway, this match fucking ruled. <laughs> like, I don't know if it was Orange Cassidy or Willie Yuta or both of them, but they had chemistry for days. Oh, this was a very fun match. 
If it was on the pay-per-view, I would have given it four stars. That's how good this match was. The, the, the fucked up part about it is is that it took me like the first five minutes to get Bill's head or get Bill's voice out of my head to not fuck with Kellis, you. Kellis, Kellis, do not fuck with me. I was like, okay, Willie Yuta is a good wrestler. Stop listening to Bill's voice and I just am, let him go. I am forced in combat, boys. You better back up. Just leave me alone. I'm forged in combat. I'm the fucking pure champion, motherfucker. I don't know if you guys heard about this, but I am forged in combat with John Moxley and uh, Claudio Castellano. <laughs> this was a good match. No question about it. It fucking ruled. No, it was really, it was good. really good. It was really good. Uh, up next, we had Ricky Starks and Chris Jericho. Listen, this feud doesn't make much sense. Uh, I thought that Jericho looked really dumb. Uh, like it was clearly, Come on, dude. it was like a comedy segment, though. Uh, but Ricky, you Starks, know what's happening, right? Ricky Starks took my notes. Like, hey, cool it, cool it a little bit, dude. Hey, dude, just cool it a little bit. Oh, uh, shit. And then we had the acclaimed versus Lee Moriarty and Big Bill. Yeah, uh, the acclaimed rap was really funny here and popped Big Bill. Where he, the, the real Big Bill. The real Big Bill, where he said something about uh, his loins being S-A-W-F-T. Swift. But it rhymed, like, uh-oh. and Big Bill, like, popped. Like, I was like, all right, that's what's up. <laughs> they, they got him. They got him. Uh, Christian Cage uh, beats up Jungle Boy on the ramp. Are we excited for this match? 2028. You excited for this no match, Zach? Last year. Yeah, but like I don't know. The window is closed. Cage got hurt. Yeah, and I get that. So Christian Cage should have his son fight him. Yeah, but here's the thing: I would have been excited if they would have like the the bringing Christian Cage back was so lame. Like have Jungle Boy just be in a TV match against like whoever, like any like the TNT champion or like any title. There's 37 belts. Have him be in a title match. And then I have Chris and his cage, like, screw him out of the title, and that's how he comes back. Instead, he's just up in the stands, like, yelling at him. It was, I don't know, like, it's um, it's not very impactful. Like, this- they had a hot story, and it's just, like, it's very lazy. Yeah, but Christian got hurt, though. I, th- that- I know, but I'm saying is you gotta you got to heat it back up. You can't rely on that residual heat from oh, seven that's, months that, ago. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I'm going to skip some shit here. I'm going to get to the Brian Danielson MJF. Segment, Jason, I while I was watching this, mm-hmm. my brain went through a lot of different permutations. The first one being like, okay, MJF, like, I, I don't think the concussion thing is that. It's like shocking for the wrong reasons. Like, it doesn't really move the needle for me. It just seems like it seems so cheap for him to go after Daniel Bryan's concussions. And then we talked about, well, Daniel Bryan, he's giving up his family, which is something I've always wanted. That also kind of rang untrue, but I thought it was pretty smart as far as promos go. And then when he's mm. t- he, he said something about C- he said CT, and then yeah. Danielson punched him right before he could say CTE, and then they had a pull-apart brawl. I've asked the I've asked you this before, and I'll ask you this again. Okay, are you okay with concussion storylines in wrestling? 
it seems pretty strange. It seems like they're so close. It seems like MJF is so close to saying the word Benoit. If and he it, said Danielson's kids' names right. during the promo last night, which seemed to me now maybe I'm a mark and I am a mark. You I are. Was like, I was like, I am on. too. I was like, come on, man. I, I, like, what am I watching? No, you, you're watching kind of an attitude era esque. MJF uh, promo, to me, the, the two things that rang the, the biggest for me personally, when he was talking about, MJF was talking about Brian Danson being selfish and he's putting wrestling before his family, yada, yada, yada. It was good. Well, apparently there the backstory behind it is MJF and his fiance broke it off. and that's And he spun that into... This promo that we saw last night. Yeah, I don't care about twenty six. You know what? Breaking up though. You know, here's the thing. You know what I? You know what I love about this is MJF is so good. He's so good that I don't even know whether what's a, or, yeah what's they, real reality or whether it's not a they broke up or b he's so good he might have just like they could have been friends and they just manufactured this whole relationship. Just for this storyline, you know what I mean? Like, or he just made it up a whole cloth. Yeah, MJ- I have no idea what's real. But, but MJF is that good to where now a small, you know, like, damn, you know, that's kind of fucked up. So you can kind of see, you know, why he's going down the low road. You know, Zach, I'm talking to the kids. Where I'm- are you at with con- with concussion storylines in pro wrestling? My answer, um, I have no problem with it. I I think it's a little situational. I do not like the fake concussion storylines, especially if it's someone who has a history of it, where you're playing for sympathy based on like a legitimate industry or a legitimate injury. Like if Daniel Bryan was like faking a concussion, um, I feel like that's a little cheesy. Now bringing up real life stuff like in a promo, I don't necessarily have a problem with it. Agreed. But if you're trying to work the crowd based on because i feel like the modern wrestling crowd is an empathetic crowd like we don't if want they people had to be hurt that fight and then brian danson would have been concussed quote unquote okay now yeah. now we got the line that is needs to be drawn right if yeah exactly like if, if adam cole's first match back you know he gets clotheslined and like concussed, out of it and they call it off you know like that's that's like way too carny like because I, we re- we're invested in them as people, they're not just like characters. Like they are characters, but at the same time, like we as a modern wrestling audience, right. nobody wants to see anybody get hurt. Now I can't say the same for the people in the seventies or the eighties or the nineties. <laughs> well, yeah, well, you're you're that's kind of a good segue into what I was gonna say. Like I was born in nineteen seventy nine. Uh, Maxwell Jacob Friedman is 26, so he was born in 1997. Jesus okay, so that's Christ. 18 years after me. So oh when I God. found out about Chris Benoit, I was 26, 27, something like that. It, what when did it happen? 2005, 2006, something like that. Feels right. I was going to say it's mid 2000s. But like I'm when, not, it, when it happened, try to when, guess it. When it happened, Maxwell Jacob Friedman was like seven, right? So, it doesn't, it's probably like us making like, it's probably like my generation making Manson murders jokes. 
and not thinking like it's that big of a deal or it it does uh, like I'm not being a sentimental about it. I'm just saying when Chris Benoit happened, I was an adult and I was like, holy shit, that is fucked. Fuck, that's yeah. fucked up. <laughs> what but the like, fuck? But like when. I mean, when other shit happens when I'm young, it just doesn't seem like as big of a deal. Does that make sense? Kind of. Yep. Or if it happened, like, I mean, like, dude, like, joke about the Titanic, like, whatever. That was a horrible tragedy at the time, and we were just like, right. whatever. Yeah. You know, I, they I, made I, a movie. They made a movie about it, and uh, I got to see my first over titties. Million have, you guys, have you guys ever seen True Blood? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> on True Blood on weed? I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> if I was thinking, I was thinking last night while I was watching AEW, I was like, what if he said Chris Benoit's name during this promo? Like, would that be a? That would be a bridge. That too would far, yeah, right? yeah. That's probably a step one step too far. Zach? Mm, I don't know. Zach's like, MJF. that would get over. <laughs> Zach's like, oh, no, man, that would really pop the crowd, wouldn't it? <laughs> Ooh, he said Chris Benoit. That sounds cool. <laughs> dude, no, you can't say Chris Benoit, dude. Come I'm on, sorry. Zach, answer honestly. Uh, for MJF, like, I don't know. Like, uh, <laughs> I, MJF, think, no, I think he's he can into figure it, it out. I think, I think, yeah, I think you can figure it out. Nah, uh, man, no, I'm not man. saying it'd be classy. I'm not saying it'd be cool, but it would definitely. But I understand. Get, <laughs> but I understand it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't kill that bitch, but you can shake that shit out of her. <laughs> but I understand. Uh, we had a tag team uh, battle royal, basically, uh, <laughs> to find out who the third team is in the. Fatal four-way tag team match at Revolution. Turns out it's Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Uh, any thoughts? I thought that Penta and Fenix were clearly the best thing about this match. Jesus. They were doing whatever the fuck they, they wanted, wanted to do. They, they were like them. kids on a playground. Yeah. 20 guys, and I could do whatever I want. Yeah. And they're fine. And they respect me. <laughs> they watch this kid. They're just fucking dudes up. It was really fun. They were really fun. The team I thought was going to win won, and I'll just leave it at that. All right. And finally, we had John Moxley versus Evil Uno. I mean, the dream match that <laughs> everybody knew they wanted. You talk shit, you get hit. Zach, I know you didn't watch this match. I want you to give me 30 seconds of commentary like you did watch the match. Go ahead. Uh. So John Moxley, uh, you know, even though he's a much bigger star than Evil Luno, gave him a lot. Evil Luno is a very solid wrestler, definitely not a marquee guy, but um, you know, in the end, uh, Evil Luno is not going to beat John Moxley, and I don't think anybody in the crowd uh, thought the same. So this match didn't have a whole lot of heat, and uh, definitely a strange main event. So I ain't too far off. (laughs) Really? Okay. (laughs) I thought this was a main. I thought this was a strange main event. Uh, You know, nobody in the crowd believed that it was going to go over to Moxley. Go over Moxley. You know, and Moxley's a much bigger star. Then Uno, I, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just trying to remember what's no, saying. Why was this the main event? What the fuck were they doing? They, it, it sets you know up, you it know sets what? up the Texas death match. Nothing more. There, there was all, there was blood all over the place again. Whew. 
Oh, it was more so from Evil Uno. Just- Who cares? Why is it so bloody? Okay. He's going to bleed in the pay-per-view. Okay, stop. Okay. Let's it's so just- fucking stupid. Okay, okay. It's not even. It's, about, fuck is it? it's not even about you know, evil Uno <laughs> bleeding everywhere. It's more so about John Moxley bleeding everywhere. It's it's one time too. Many. It's five uh, okay. times too many. Okay. Let's spread these impact sponsorship. Jesus Christ. Very. I mean, very very stupid. Just. It's just. Really it's stupid. a lot. And just if 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 they just you know have him bleed in the right spots it would make more sense it's just when you when it's every week now it's like a WWE kind of thing okay when's John going to bleed when's John going to bleed and it shouldn't be like that John Moxley's one of the you know their best wrestlers and he sh- it shouldn't be a comedy scenario when he comes out of talking about when he's going to bleed all right let me ask you this uh would you rather watch Mm-mm. The 60-minute match between Brian Danielson and MJF okay. or Cody versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. I got to choose? Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Hypothetically. D- d- no, d- Zach can go first on this one. Zach, Zach you <laughs> got an answer? Um, I think I'd still lean Danielson MJF, and that is with me not liking the step. I'm not into the Iron Man thing. But Danielson is so great, and I have a higher opinion of MJF in the rings and – Bill does. The end of the bloodline versus the continuation of MJF's title run. It is. It shouldn't even be this difficult to think about it because for a three-year storyline, I would think about it in those contexts. I, I, in that in that sense, like um, it, it may it's, it's an easy choice. The That's other what way. I'm saying. I mean. Cody and Roman is just it's not just Cody and Roman. It's the storylines behind it. MJF and Danielson, not as deep. The better match, probably the Iron Man match. But the one I want to see more, Cody and Roman. What was your answer, Zach? Uh, I'll I'll agree with Jason. He he convinced me. But yeah, but in the same sense, like the better match will be the AW match, but the more important and the more memorable match will be the WrestleMania match. You guys surprised me. All three of us are in agreement. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> I thought you was going to take the other side. Nope. Okay. I, I think that I want to see Cody and Roman more just because I'm so interested in how they book it. Roman Reigns matches are usually their title matches are usually pretty fun to watch. Him talking to Sammy's wife, I thought was a nice little touch. He, has, he hasn't had a lot of bad ones. Not really. Dude, Roman Reigns is underrated. Yes, and I get... Is, is, is that a thing? No. Even, Roman Reigns is not underrated. Even though Brian Danielson is my favorite wrestler of all time, and, I, I, and I've said MJF, on this podcast, I've said MJF is above average in the ring. I just don't... I just don't think he's elite, but I trust Brian Deals. See, now I'm talking myself into the other. <laughs> now I'm talking myself into you the talking, other. I'm gonna say you talk yourself into this shit. Is Brian Danielson so fucking good? In fact, I wish Brian Danielson was in that match either in Roman Reigns' spot or Cody Rhodes' spot. Oh, stop! We've I already seen I, it. I don't care. I don't care. I'd watch it again. That's how good I think Brian Danielson is. But I will take Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns because I'm so interested in how they book it. Agreed. 
and uh, it's a really fun place to be. We're yeah. in a good we're in a good spot in wrestling. <laughs> like we, we are we are having fun. Arguing about whether Sami Zayn deserves to be in the title picture or not is a good thing. We, we are having fun, and that's going to do it for our odds and ends. This is banned from ringside. We got some birthdays this week. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura is forty three. Oh, Shinsuke, just. A, Couple months younger than me. Corey Graves is 39. Sean O'Hare, I didn't write it down, but RIP. Uh, he probably would have been like 50. Uh, <laughs> Maria Canellis is 41. Ric Flair is 74. Who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thunk it? He made it. Still got it, baby. Uh, Pentagon Jr. or Penta. And Sarah Miero uh, is 38. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat is 70. Damn, Norman Smiley something. is 58. You remember Norman Smiley? Love Norman Smiley. Oh, WCW. He's still, he's still, he's still doing uh, aging things. And, uh, he was on Impact uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I thought he was like a trainer or something like that. Yeah. Uh, Mike yeah. Tanay. Still alive. <sighs> he he's not, the precursor to Excalibur. Like, uh, Mike Tanay is one of my favorite wrestling announcers of all yeah. time. Don, uh, awesome. Don West recently passed. Uh, Mike yep. Tanay is awesome, was awesome. Booker T, 58. Wow. Black don't crack. Mm-mm. Big E, 37. Uh, next due, I guess. Um, oh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What the fuck, It would have been funny if I would have said vertebrae, dude. <laughs> God dang it. That's two times I fucked up tonight. Uh, we love you, Big E. Definitely, man. Come back soon, man. No, just come back whenever you I hope Biggie like shows up like the night after WrestleMania. That'd be fun. Uh that would be cool. Emma is thirty four and Kyle O'Reilly is thirty eight. Hey, everybody. We know there's tons of podcasts to listen to, so we appreciate you guys listening to our True story. podcast. For my wife, Erin. For my cat, Xander. For Check. my cat, Millie. For Check. my dog, Reba. Check. For Tender Mahal. For your daughter. Vice. For Edna May. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> for Tender Mahal. Check. For Vice. Check. For Murray the Murray Man Murray. Check. For Patriot Pat. Check. For Soul Taco, for Shock City Studios, Check. for Sam the Mauler Mall, for Two Beers, Zach Bowman, that's Jason Cornelius, Bell, bitches. tip your local weed dealers, Check. and I'm Bill Beggy, Boo the Heels. Boo, bitch!